This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the Project Manga Podcast, where we cover One Piece, My Hero, Black Clover, Marshall, Dr. Stone, and Jujutsu Kaisen, week to week. Back this week, covering Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 27. I'm your host, Eagle. I'm Knox. And I'm Nickums. And we are joined tonight for the very first time by a special guest, Aniki Smash. What's up, man? Hey, what's Thanks up? It's nice to be here. Yes. And, um... It's not often that we get to have people on the show, obviously, because it's hard to find people to talk about them with, you know, all the things that we cover on the main roster here. So mm -hmm. real quick for anybody that's not too familiar with you or any of our audience that might not be, tell them uh, about what you are and what you do, man. Um, you know, I do mostly uh, My Hero Academia content, uh, host of the My, uh, Church of MHA podcast, dropped the uh, My History Academia series detailing like Japanese war crimes and human experimentation, all that good stuff, and how it ties into the plots of My Hero. Uh, bonus information on cults in Japan and how that, you know, just a lot of deep dives into like Japanese history and like how that ties in real life science, that kind of whole jazz really tied all together. Antichrist Shigaraki video, you know, works. Oh yeah. And of course we'll put links down in the description for anywhere you can find Aniki and, and the stuff that he does. So um, with all that said, as <laughs> always, take a look down in that description box for where you can find links to our individual social media accounts like twitter online communities such as discord places where you can listen to the podcast wherever you like to and also ways to support the podcast through our online shop or our patreon also like the video yeah <laughs> and with all that said man what a fire we can jump man holy shit yeah yes full roster Massive My Hero roster. Academia chapters. Luckily, we have Anaki Smash here to help us out with that conversation. I am so excited for that. Yes. I want this JJK chapter. Yes. Yes. There's, okay, look. Yes. <laughs> should we, should we just really... jump into it? Should we just jump into it? Let's just jump right into it, man. Okay, okay. Chapter 151 of Jujutsu Kaisen, Perfect Preparation, Part 4. Yes. Man. Anaki. We start off with the Naoya flashback, man. Yeah. Okay. So this is Aniki. this was Nalia because this kind of confused me. Like at first, mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. it's it's Nalia as you continue yeah. to, but I thought that they were kind of trying to focus on that Duranta at first. Like when, oh. I, when I yeah <laughs> when I when I first opened up the page because he was getting fan art and shit. You know what I mean? Like motherfuckers. The eye guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dude with the yeah. eyes and shit. He was a little. He was kind of popular after last chapter or whatever. So I was like, oh shit, Ranta chapter. No, yeah, that's fucking Nalia's bitch yeah. ass. But yeah, Anaki, you wanted to, you, yeah, you wanted to say, you wanted to jump into it, get in that bag, because, buddy. Like, the, my thing is, is that I thought something was a little odd in how Nabito negotiated with Toji, right? Like, I was like, it's kind of weird that he would be like, yeah, Toji, straight up 10 million, bet. Oh, yeah. head of the clan, bet. Yeah. Like, these are weird deals that Nabito right. made with Toji. 
Yeah, for real. And so it's like when I look at like how like how Naobito, and then especially what we see here in this chapter with Naoya, it's like those two, it's like they respected Toji and but like in the process, like their respect for Toji was in such a, like a heavy contradiction with how they live. They just like couldn't help but living like this extremely like hypocritical and like frustration, right? Mm-hmm. Like with yeah. it all. But it's like because like neither one of them really was going to be in a position to change the Jutsu society. Mm-hmm. Like the Zen clan just wasn't that powerful, right? Mm-hmm. But like, so it's like it's kind of weird to think that like their power felt like they almost were never going to be like relevant. But it's also like worth noting that Toji in the eyes of Naoya is on the same level of Gojo. Like that's still right. like a thing. And yeah. I'm like, like this Toji like respect that's been happening lately is a huge fan of it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because Toji's like my favorite fucking character that's been introduced mm-hmm. like yeah. in the series. You know what I mean? And to see him come and kind of go so quickly in the hidden inventory flashback, you're you're kind of like, okay, he played his part, but like. I kind of wish I could see more of that guy. And then all of a sudden, yeah. the incident comes and he comes back, you know, in the way that he does. And it's, in, in my opinion, as far as revivals go, one of the better revivals that I've seen, especially in Shonen storytelling. So then you're like, okay, now this is even an even bigger character than it was before. Not only are you the guy that killed Gojo Satoru, but you're also the guy that like came back and fucked shit up in Shibuya incident. And it wasn't like yeah. really all that awkward or cringy like revivals usually are. So now you have even mm-hmm. more reason to put this character up on a pedestal. And then since then, he's been getting more more and more feats and more and more respect posthumously like you know after his second death even in the storytelling mm-hmm. he just keeps being amped up like, you know what i mean okay uh, like with as detailed as gig is with yeah. his like a, a combat system mm-hmm. this almost feels like he makes it a point to be like you do understand that toji has feats bro right <laughs> yeah <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, and it's such a cool Man. vehicle for his strength because everything is tied to that cursed energy. And then when you completely take that cursed energy away from someone, the less you have, the stronger your body or the stronger like you are really. Like this is like the strongest solo character that like we've kind of almost seen in the entire like you have like Gojo, you have Yuta, you have Toji. And then you have, you know, the special grades, you know, that we haven't really, the others, uh, Yuki, who I haven't really seen too much from. And then obviously, um, Ghetto, you know what I mean? Who we saw yep. a lot from, you know, as a teenager. And obviously he's Kenjaku now with all of these other abilities and all of this other stuff. But when it comes down to just raw who these characters are, Toji's like top three. You know what right. I mean? Like in the living, and, in the verse, you know what I mean? So, and, and there's something that I really want to point out here is that you realize like to a certain degree, now you built his fighting style around Toji. Ooh. Yep. Because like you, you think about it, like he focused on maximizing his martial arts. Like, and when he fought with Ma- Maki here, he doesn't fight Maki and like to pull the like sneak knife attack like he did with Choso. Right. None of that. Right. He relies solely on hands, and he's like thinking about Toji the entire time. This dude who was a beast because he could straight up box you. Yeah. Sure. Like, sure. And, like when you think about like that resentment towards cursed tools, it's like Toji didn't use cursed tools because he was reliant on them. Cur- cur- like he used cursed tools because you know like that was like just a way to fight sorcerers like it's just like about who his enemy was like he was going to use the proper weapon for it right and even here now is like strength is weight and speed so he can take advantage of the speed boost that he gets from his curse technique to maximize the force of his blows which is also like toji because that motherfucker is just so fast (laughs) you know what i mean that he can just fucking steal off you with the force of a fucking projection sorcerer you know what i mean right so that's pretty i love that point you made aniki though because like when when Naoya is facing Maki here, right? 
he's fighting Toji. You know what I mean? He yeah. wants to consider himself on the level of Toji and Gojo. So when he's fighting Maki, he he doesn't want to do a sneak attack. He doesn't want to do a, a, hidden, a hidden blade. He wants to beat Maki on Toji's terms, right? right. I love yeah. that. That's a fantastic point, I think, for this battle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and that and that's the thing that I don't think Ma, like Naoya is dead here. I think this is now going to open the doorway for his character to actually like grow, mm -hmm. because. While I think Maki definitely tried to kill him here, I think just he's a strong enough power level where he's going to take some damage, but he'll right he might lose some teeth, but <laughs> yeah. you know he's going to be back on his feet. At least some and, teeth, boy. Shit, his yes, but that's going to help him have the political power they're going to need to change the Jujutsu world going forward. Yeah, right. So I think that's the point in like keeping Naoya around. Plus, because of his reverence for Toji, that can now translate to Maki. And that respect can be built sure. because that's what was missing, you know, like mm -hmm. that, like legitimate cause, like that, like yes, this is the reason why I can respect you and your power, right? So, like he's a supreme first grade sorcerer, so she beat him with one blow. He has to acknowledge her, like, all right, you're like a first grade, and that's what the Shibuya incident partially was from them, if you remember, like that mm -hmm. first grade uh, promotion exam. I think they're gonna call Maki fucking special grade threat after something like this, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like when you, and I just wanna, I just wanna comment about how beautiful it is that Maki is the one that's killing the Zenian clan because it literally just like yeah. scratches like that, that satisfying itch in all of the areas that we've like hated the Zenian clan, one, they're misogynistic, Mm -hmm. a, one of your daughters just scraped all of you okay right. two you yeah. have and then you have like this culmination inside of um you have this culmination of all of these kind of like plot points related to the zenin like coming you know to a head here in regard to one you're a female and you just whooped us two you don't even have cursed energy and we value that above like anything to the point where it's like noble versus peasant you know like magic like black clover stuff you know what i mean like mm -hmm. you don't have any of this go fuck yourself for that reason too and it's like okay so a woman with no curse energy just beat the brakes off of all of y'all and then you have this <laughs> you have this character of Nalia who kind of embodies all of that misogyny and like all of yeah. that like shitty you know the everything that we don't like about the Zenian clan and inside of his dialogue we kind of see the lowest um parts of the clan like um as far as yeah yeah as far as yeah he all that stuff and then for her to just crush his face into the ground i'm pretty sure there's like i'm pretty sure like in his dialogue he's like you got to have a good face if you're going to be a girl in this yes. world or something yes. like that yeah. talking yeah. about yeah. like how like all women are good for is just being something to look at or whatever in the zenian clan and it's like well now you're ugly as fuck bro because yeah. you're out here with a bellamy yeah. sized dent in the side of your fucking <laughs> face yeah. one piece so, was so good this week too yes it yeah. was yes it was <laughs> absolutely i just i just i just love how it's like all all, it's all so satisfying how it all happens right. you know all at once kind of inside of it in, yeah in terms of the um misogyny aspect right yeah. i feel like in at a meta level when's the last time have have we seen a uh, a guy and a girl fighting this brutally right mm -hmm. usually it's two ladies fighting or obviously two dudes a lot yeah. of a lot of dudes fighting yeah. a shonen but yeah. like to have a you know, Maki fighting Naoya, and Naoya is not holding back at all. And he's, yeah. it, this is a very brutal fight. I, I thought it was just fantastic yeah. for like yeah, that gender equality. You know yeah, I mean? that is a very good point. This is a bare knuckle brawl. You don't really see that too often in like a very bloody, you know, mm -hmm. holds bar. He, and he starts the shit off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. panel and kicked her ass through a whole mountain. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, so um, page 16 and 17 on the Viz site slaps her in the shoulder. 
When the palm yeah. of a combatant activating projection sorcery touches an opponent, the opponent must also move at 24 frames per second. Failure yep. means one second of freezing. We already know this because of Nalvito exposition in the uh, in the Shibuya incident. But I think it's cool how she's counting throughout mm -hmm. this fight because she wants to understand the pro the projection you know sorcery conditions and yeah. caveats yes. and things like that. But it but it was always so confusing to me how she's like, okay, you just have to move 24 times you know, or whatever in a second. And it's like, I'm trying to picture how you come to this conclusion physically, because like, mm -hmm. this is a very um, high concept technique. You know what yes. I mean? Like this is, this is like something that is very hard to kind of fathom in our physical, you know, like realm that we occupy, you know what I mean? So like right. the fact that she's sitting here after taking the attack and turning that very like video game, like magic, the gathering kind of flavor text explanation for this ability and reacting to it physically in a way that follows the rules of the technique was very mind-blowing to me i was like how mm -hmm. i thought this technique was like perfect because it's like if it touches you what the fuck can you really do about that even if you know how the ability works how can you well, I can just be like <laughs> yeah i'm just like i'm just like how do you like how do you counter how do you figure it out and counter it with just experiencing it and knowing the explanation of such a high concept ability you know and, what I mean? and that's but well, that's what she's doing right if you go right. to 18 yeah. she says she literally says um you know you make 24 movements per second yeah. with this body right i can finally see that so yeah. with the with the toji level senses the eyes yeah. the ears everything right? right like she literally can see that yeah. much detail that she can right. actually uh, unravel the technique in like, live you know what i mean like yeah. just looking at it and that's tight. Huge that, feet. That's, it is huge feet. And, and that's tight that she like with the with the um the increased strength of the heavenly restriction being fully realized, she's able to see that visually. But I'm pretty sure there is like a a part of the explanation of the ability that says Nalbito or the user projects your next 24 frames of movement and predicts them. So you have to not just move 24 frame, 24 movements per second. You have to follow the exact trajectory that the projection sorcery predicts for you, right? Isn't wasn't that in He's back in yeah, the Dagon fight? Yeah, yeah, because they said if you violate it, that's part of how you get paneled. Right, exactly. Sure. So it's like, how do you? I mean, like you being able to see the the shit is all fine to me. My whole thing is like, okay, now that you've been touched and you know you have to move 24 times in a second. How do you then know which way to move <laughs> in right. order to not get know. stuck in the in the panel? Yeah, yeah, that was the only thing that really confused me about this chapter. And I mean, I've always been confused when it comes to the projection sorcery I in think, Jujutsu Kaisen in general. So, so, so my theory on this one is going to be that the projection sorcery like has like a probability effect to it, mm. where it's not necessarily like you have to move this exact way mm -hmm. but if you're going to do something different you still need to move at this like frame rate and like pattern if you want to not get stuck sure sure so maybe it's like you have to just match the timing not necessarily the path maybe you also right. have to like factor in like your the momentum you already have and i mean she was pretty much like like stationary when you yeah, tapped her but right. i would i would assume that if you're already kind of like leaning on your left foot to take a step to the left and you get tapped you have to continue finishing that step maybe and like the technique checks for things like that i'm not sure right. but that like though these are things that i like am constantly thinking about whenever Naoya and Naobito are like mentioned because it's like this is the right. most confusing ability in this manga by the way do you want my crack theory for why uh this technique came into existence yeah i want all that because so <laughs> in, in the same way that like curses are like manifestations of people's resentment 
I was thinking about how people specifically would have resented the companies that founded like animation studios because you know there's always all this hatred towards the next big thing and so you've had all like oh like it's just a cartoon blah 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 it's a waste of time what's all that resentment towards that's why it's like 24 frames because like that's when the curse would have finally like manifested at a time yeah. where it's like it's not the craziest graphics yet but like the curse started like finally forming <laughs> yeah. sure and so in terror like a curse technique finally manifested like that reflected like one of the curses coming into existence. I like that. That's how I look at that. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's I like cool that. Yeah. Think about. Um, getting back a little bit to the um, your your confusion knock. So over over yeah, the ability, sure. right? I, yeah. I think another piece of the puzzle is on page eleven, right? And now I totally remember what you're talking about from back in the Dagon fight when I think Naobito or maybe the narration was saying like there's a trajectory, like the yeah. ability kind of like tracks out their future yeah. path, and right. like you kind of have to match it. Yeah. But I wonder if. Like it's always possible, right? Those things are like mistranslations, right? Sure. And, and I'm not saying it was a mistranslation, but and we had this, Stephen Kozak translations back then. I'm pretty sure right, he was right. out of here for you know reasons we all know about, but yeah, right, right. Yeah. But on page eleven, and, and this is something that was also said back then. Um, this first um, square box, right? Projection sorcery does not allow movement in ways that egregiously ignore the laws of physics and trajectories. Right. So I think that might play into it, right? Where like. Maki can do whatever oh, she wants yeah. as long as it's in 24 frames per second, but she can't do anything too egregious, yeah. right? And that's when you're saying like, okay, she's she's squatting, she's about to take a left a, a step with her left leg, right? Mm -hmm. Gets tapped. She she's already in that trajectory, in that right. you know for physics, right? So right. she maybe her her uh, body could jump like to the right, say like really right. really well uh, based on just how physically adept she is. Yeah. But that's like kind of too breaking too much breaking the laws of physics and trajectory right. so that would be a penalty sure. um so i think it might be that right as, as long as she's moving somewhat reasonably yeah um yeah. that might be the condition so yeah. i guess when it i guess um we can like kind of like if, taking that point we can kind of go back to that that exposition that we got in shibuya about how the sorcerer i think the way that it was worded is that the sorcerer who's casting the projection technique it said that they predict your next, you know, trajectory or whatever. Maybe mm -hmm. it's just because of how well the sorcerers understand physics and trajectory sure. that, like, that's their assumption based on the way that you're already moving or whatever right. kind of, like, high-level calculations a projection sorcerer needs to make about kinetic movement in the middle of a fight in general. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, cool. like, it could be something to where it's like, okay, based on what I understand about physics and trajectory, you're already kind of moving this way. So that is my predicted path. You have to follow that, not just because it's my will, but because it's just the will of physics and trajectory. And as far sure. as my assumption of it in this sure. moment. And I, yeah. and I might be wrong. My, yeah. my, my plan trajectory might be, maybe yeah. it's not exactly what you're going to do, but right. it's somewhere in, in that ballpark. Yeah. Exactly. What were you going to say? No, what you you were, yeah. yeah, you were trying maybe to get in this case, Naoya, you know, is assuming that she won't, make it and she'll get the penalty and not be able to move yeah and so she can't move and she just has to like flex different muscles like yes times yes in that one second <laughs> yeah I, I like that i think i think i thought the same thing for sure mm-hmm mm, okay okay I don't know. yeah because there's, there's like a yeah there's a couple different ways that ultimately like as long as she's because if you're just trying to dodge then even though if you're taking like that small step if you're not trying to dodge in like major ways then mm -hmm that projection is going to be a lot less accurate just based on the fact that you aren't combating your own kinetic energy as much as like he would be because of the speed he's going and i think oh, part sure. of that is also like a habit formed by them because they're moving at these speeds right they assume that somebody else is also going to be trying to respond at the top speed mm -hmm. whereas maki was moreover trying to physically endure his top speed and figure out how to respond eventually. Ooh, right yeah that was well said i like yeah. that 
Love it. Shiranui Gata. <laughs> I love this spread. 14 15. Mm-hmm. I need yeah. to know more. Like, I need to know more about whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's is, a sumo thing. Oh, sure. Yeah, that so makes it's sense. like you know when you're when you're like um, I, I did a little reading about it, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not some sort of sumo expert or anything, right? Yeah, but it's yeah. like when you're at, at the beginning of a match or whatever, and, and there's like this kind of you know um, opening stance or opening like kind of uh, dance you're doing, mm-hmm. just just in terms of like the the sumo you know uh, ceremony, right? Yeah. And and this the shiranui gata is is one of the more offensively leaning ones, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like defensively leaning ones and there's offensively leaning ones. I think this is like one of the more offensive ones. Um, but yeah, it's like it's a sumo technique, I guess. I don't okay. really know much more about so there, it. So it was probably just he like, said, like get over here. Oh, you ain't, I ain't nah, moving. He was, he was finna grab his ass by the belt and like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah, true, maybe. true. <laughs> Slam him on his fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny that she's just like, you don't even see a turnaround. She's literally just the other way <laughs> from like pages 17 to 18. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, man, she just whoop. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like that's the kind of mo that's the kind of movement, you know what I mean? Like that makes sense. Like that's what Gege's been showing as far as movement goes inside of like Toji specifically. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of Toji's panels are like he's there one second and then he's in a completely different area and it doesn't make sense how he got there. And everyone is like, it doesn't make sense how he got here. Like that's too fast. So like that's all of Toji's like panels. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so, because there's, yeah, because there's even a moment where he like dodges uh, blue. Yeah. Like he straight up like leans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mid getting like, sucked into blue, he dodges that shit. Yeah. <laughs> or when he grabs uh, Megumi, like after they come out of the Dagon domain. Yeah. And then Toji's going to like the mm-hmm. next strongest, like cursed uh, energy, you know, um, collection or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, Everyone's standing there in the same room, and then Megumi is just outside, like underneath the skyway, down the street with Toji. And it's like, what, dude? (laughs) Also, I'm going to give Gege credit and assume that he's implying that they use a lot of maximum power toe pivots because, (laughs) with as strong as they are, it's kind of believable when, you know. Yeah. You know, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. <laughs> when you said toe pivot, it reminded me of Hajime no Ippo. I'm not that far. Yep. I'm not that far in 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 the in the manga, but I have seen the panel where I think it's like Takamura like whipping around like on his big toe, and there's like energy, like yeah, there's like <laughs> energy illustrations around the toe as he like whips around at like Mach three, breaking the sound barrier and shit, like breaks his fucking shoe apart or some shit. I can't remember, but. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I love this um, kind of black uh, narration boxes on page seven. This first one where it's like, the sin of the insignificant is ignorance of strength. And it's like, yo, okay, yes. Jesus Christ. Like, yes. Poetic. <laughs> Very poetic. I love that. No one understood yeah. Toji except for possibly Satoru. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that and that's the other thing you said. That's part of why I was like, yeah. I feel like him and Nabito secretly don't completely adhere to that belief about like toji like the way they people like try to look down on him oh sure because because like this straight up indicates that he's like the reason why toji was rejected is because niggas was stupid right <laughs> like not because toji is inadequate yeah right like he was basically said like everybody was just so soft so baby lotion they couldn't yeah, recognize yeah. what real was. Or that they just were are so 
you know, so um, ingrained in their traditions, you know what I mean? That it's like in their understanding of what strength is, it has to come from cursed energy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So sin of the insignificant yeah. is ignorance of strength. They're totally ignorant to the strength of someone with a fully realized heavenly restriction. And mm-hmm. they're willfully ignorant of that because they assume that it means that you are less than, you know, whatever, because you don't have this, this, this attribute or you don't have this trait. So they, they, they couldn't possibly understand what true strength is because they're so wrapped up on it being centered around cursed energy. Mm-hmm. It's wild that like the only two true heavenly restriction people we know of have both been in the zenin clan oh you got kokichi muta as well so you have uh oh. mechamaru had a heavenly restriction as well oh, oh really mm-hmm. yeah heaven- so that mm-hmm. go ahead i think uh, we were talking about that in the one of the gc mechamaru use cursed energy yeah, yeah but heavenly so restriction doesn't have to yeah heavenly restriction doesn't have to be something that only people without cursed energy get heavenly mm-hmm. restriction is just like conditions on your ability that you're born with instead of like oh like, if you're, if like you're super thinking, super yeah. extreme hunter condition right also yeah. i guess i mean what i what i mean to say is it's wild that the only two like toji's we've ever seen have been from the zenny clan oh, my sure. personal theory is that so. it is a technique mm-hmm. so to speak passed through their family they just haven't realized that it's a technique that happens to take away cursed energy Oh sure. shit! Like that's how I, because I'm like that right there would just explain it. Like, yeah, just like the same way like we got two Nabitos, the same mm-hmm. way that like the Ten Shadows technique is expected to pop up. Right, like, yeah, the same but way this blood is... manipulation. So it's like there's always a um, there's always a minimum though. I think I think I don't think anybody gets a curse technique before age seven or whatever or five or six or something like that. But then like you have the six eyes inside of Gojo that's noticeable as soon as he's born because it's not really right. a technique. It's like just a part of whatever the six eyes is or whatever. And I think that heavenly restriction is something that like from the moment of birth, this thing mm-hmm. is decided for you. So I, right. don't, I don't think it behaves like a technique in that way, but. Um, yeah, like it isn't, it's, yeah. but it's like one of those things that like it is. Inherited. Sure, yeah, sure. Whatever you, like, whatever you want to call those abilities. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and if, no, if the Zenin clan doesn't doesn't recognize it as a thing, um, or if they didn't before, they will now, right? Where it's like, yeah, oh, okay, well, another Zenin is is another Toji. Okay, like this is clearly a thing. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah somebody will recognize it, but now there's no more. There's about to be no more Zenins. So far. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I love I love this situation because like everyone, including myself, kind of um couldn't wait to see the Zenin and couldn't wait for them to be fleshed out and wait. For t- to see what higher tiers look like and what kind of characters they would be. And it looks like Gege made this decision to say, okay, here's all of the shitty things you need to know about the Zenin. We have some really cool ones inside of Maki, inside of Megumi. You know what I mean? Everybody loves Toji, etc. We saw Naobito show out a little bit in Shibuya Incident. Jinichi got, you know, whooped before we found out anything about him. It's like, we don't, I, I think, I think the decision to do the Zenin arc in this way really um, at least says to me that Maki is not playing about this Zenin, um, this is any destruction. Uh, destruction, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's a bigger statement that she's so obviously she has no choice because she was literally just in the belly of the beast and had to fight her way out. But as far as like maybe um a decision from Gege to go, hey, we know you want these things from these characters, but it's such a big statement from Maki and what she's doing right now that she's removing these people off the board before we can flesh them out because she's really trying to get these motherfuckers out of here. And it's almost more impactful that it's like, it feels like wasted potential, but it's like, this is what Maki had to do. Like, we don't have time to sit here and flesh these characters out. Maki needs to get them out of here. You know what I mean? Right. So it, it, it feels really cool to me. And if I think about it that way, 
But mm-hmm. at the at the in the back of my head, I was especially after last chapter when Janichi fucking like readied up that cold blooded ass technique. I was like, fuck yeah! And then he just dies afterwards. I was like, oh fuck! I was the, like, that's so raw. Smoke yeah, with his head. Yeah, I was like, that's so raw and that's so tight. But like, why so soon? You know what I mean? And I felt it, but then I was like, this is just gege, I obtain so, storytelling. Yeah. Part of me was like, man, I really hope the anime takes a little bit of liberties with this conflict because. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, I was like, that technique was pretty raw. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like, seeing her like maybe like deflect a couple blows before he decided to do like the, the big one. Yeah. You know, like, but it's like, I understand like for the, like the technique, like the pacing of the story, especially, you know, we saw that like with unfinished art, obviously like it's been like weighing on him and like mm-hmm. his health. And so like, yeah, obviously, you know, take the time he needs and Absolutely. that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's like, yeah. man, like, there's a lot that could have, like, happened with this that, yeah. like, would have been, but, like, that's part of why I'm like, maybe now he's, like, gonna be around. Yeah, and Ranta, because... we can assume, is gonna be another, you know, reoccurring character that kind of matters from the Zenian clan, and who knows? Yeah. There, we have to, at least I want to assume, that there are more Zenian clan members that kind of um fall under the, the outlook of Maki, of Megumi, where they're, like, not so much into the traditions of it and kind of maybe want to see the same reform that they do, but, like, just didn't have the will or the conviction or the means to put a plan like that into action from the inside out. So now mm-hmm. that Maki's kind of, like, scorched earth the whole situation, now other, you know, less... Um, problematic members of the Zenian clan might be coming out of the fold to go, okay, well, let's reform this since all the douchebags are dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we could see more yeah. Zenian stuff in that way. And, you know, mm-hmm. you never know what Gege has planned, you know, for the clan. It, it does seem kind of underwhelming as far as, like, development for them. But if it goes into, like, Zenian reform and we see a bunch of really cool Zenian characters, then do we even really need to have the shitty underbelly of the clan really fleshed out all that much? We know they sucked. Mm-hmm. We know how they sucked. We saw the characters that sucked. They played a decent role in the narrative up until they were decimated. And then now maybe it's true Zenin, new, you know, new world order Zenin that gets the focus moving forward. And that's kind of how we stay with the Zenin moving forward. And that's kind of how I feel about the Zenin is that mm-hmm. like we've had people directly be like, if you're a woman and you're a sorcerer, this and this, if this, yeah. like, if you don't have cursed energy, this and this. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, cool. Like people who have these ideas we've been told about, we know. So it's like, we don't necessarily need to spend a lot of time with these people unless they're actually going to be like doing something with the plot moving forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is like I said, like the thing with now, like we keep getting stuff yeah. with him. Yeah. And like, the, like to me, this does set up potential, like, with his reverence for toji like for him to actually like switch sides and help them start getting some of that reform popping yeah but like with Janichi, with ogi like yeah (laughs) i don't know i don't know if he's really about the reform though he's yeah he seems like he's on that fuck maki energy until he got his fucking shit pressed in, and now he's probably about to wake up a new man if he does. This is like this is one of those cases where yeah. getting whooped, like getting whooped into respect, would actually make sense here. Yeah, yeah, just I'm because like, of like be fine, because it's like he wants her to be like Toji ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So, all right, cool. You you're living up to what I want. Yeah. You, yeah, I, I like this. I like the Zenin situation. Um, I like, I like, yeah. Everybody that you thought you were going to to learn about in the Zenin clan is now dead. All that mm-hmm. is is Gege saying like these are not the Zenin clan members that were supposed to have a, a drastic impact on the future of the story. New right. now to still here or now he is still here. 
Bronta's still here, Megumi, Maki, and potentially other Zenian clan members that could potentially be introduced later. If we want to keep the Zenian plot going, we have characters there to do so. The ones that were killed, you saw what you saw. They sucked anyway. Get them out of here. It's new Zenian stuff moving forward. I would love that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, does anybody have anything else? I think I'm good on JJK this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 199 of Dr. Stone, Super Alloys. We start off with this pretty cool cover of uh, Suica. Dude, the Suica armor. Oh, my God. That's so yeah. sick. The Paladin. Yes. Oh, yeah. So oh, precious. Her legs are just completely exposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you saying? I was just saying her legs are completely exposed though like yeah <laughs> oh, i didn't notice that <laughs> i did not notice that until right now <laughs> hey man super alloys are expensive you can't make full armor, <laughs> you can't yet. Make full armor kids <laughs> but, uh, i'm loving zeno this chapter man i've oh, always yeah. loved him so much his character and i'm just so glad he's a part of the gang now yeah this no is cap. This is tight. And I'm still suspicious, but I mean, even though they said we have no reason to be or whatever, um, I just can't help. His presence on screen is just so ominous that it's like, yeah. He's got, like, like, for all intents and purposes, we know Senku was kind of a mad scientist. Mm-hmm. But Zeno actually, like... He's a mad scientist, like, really. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to just rule the world for real. Like, dude woke up and was like, man, yeah. the planet is a free empire. Yeah. <laughs> I love how, um, Let's go. I love how Zeno definitely is painted up to be this, like, evil mad scientist that that wants to rule the world. And, and I'm sure right. he said something, you know, like, along the... But at the end of the day, like, when it comes down to it, like, once his means to be an evil scientist, you know, with a world domination plot are taken from him... It, it's um he's still just a guy who loves science and wants to see it work you know what i mean mm-hmm. and yeah. even though the he's kind of the foil I, I think is the is the is the proper term to send mm-hmm. in regard to his personality and his motivations or whatever but at, at the the common denominator is that love for science and that shines through zeno's character the whole time probably the entire time that he's been in the story i've had mm-hmm. this this feeling in the back of my head can he be trusted no not all the way obviously but like in certain circumstances, there's no reason not to trust him. I like that fluidity of, mm-hmm. of um, you know, of moral ambiguity inside of his character. Yep. And and I, I love how he's still just such a strong shonen personality on top of all of it, you know, while he's in the comic. Yeah, go ahead, Anaki. I think a good way to, like, like kind of point that out is, like, anytime they're building something and they're like, hey, Zeno, like, we, we need to build this. He's just like, all right, cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. right. Like, like he'll build, yes, he did the blinking Morse code thing so that, like, yeah. they could be found and traveled, and, like, they can travel and get them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anytime there's time to do an invention, he's not going to sabotage it. Right. Because, all right, if he's stuck with them, then they, he might as well help them fix it because the problems that they're addressing are problems he'll have to address anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, even if he wants to rule the planet, like, it doesn't matter if Y Man isn't eventually addressed. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, and it's, yeah. it's like, it's like Knox said, he's just a true science lover. Like anytime you mm-hmm. see Senku doing his little like ah, snake things, and you know, <laughs> Zeno's been right there with him, like nah, 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 nah. <laughs> in this panel on fucking page five on the top, man. He's yeah. like, they both got hearts in their eyes. Talking oh, about, sure, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Elegant, no, a true stone sanctuary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is tight. Yeah, I, I, I love, yeah. I love that. Like in terms of like the foil aspect, right? Like before, before this chapter, Zeno was 
framed obviously as like a bad guy right like he's right. a bad scientist and now he's on the team but he can still keep that aspect of like shady um dark he's like the dark scientist right here in in, the, in this chapter where mm-hmm. science does have aspects that are problematic and and dangerous right like yes. all the inventions that that Zeno is making here. They have a byproduct of like poison gas or something, mm-hmm. right? Or like radiation, yeah. right? Radiation's bad, you know what I mean? Like it, it'll give you cancer or whatever, right? right? So it's it's awesome to have the opportunity that like Senku can focus on pure good, quote unquote, science, you know, science with no ill side effects and have Zeno do the science with, with the negative con- consequences. And he's fine with that. He's like, you know what? Uh, just because you make a bomb doesn't mean you have to use it for you know for bad things, right? right. Like you could use a bomb, you blow up a mountain to make a dam or something, right? Like yeah, all these bad sciences, you can use them for good, and now Zeno can have both, right? He can be the bad scientist but use it for good, which right. I think is pretty tight. He likes all the controversial experiments, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He he, he kind of gravitates towards the things that have that malevolent you know undertone to them, you know what I mean? Like this can be used for evil, but. And I'm excited about that, you know what I mean? Because I'm just excited about science in general. But like the, mm-hmm. the 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 sneaky dark ones are the ones that I kind of like, you know, the most or whatever. It's just such a cool dynamic. Mm-hmm. But there's also a small undertone to this that is like kind of been a prevalent theme through like a lot of this generation of like comics, where like you have it in My Hero and Jujutsu Kaisen with like Nanami when he's like, you know, Yuji Tadori's a child. When you think about it. If they, you know, if like if the nickel, like whatever leaks, then, you know, and poisons everyone, then he dies. There's a certain level of, there's also the adult here taking, yes. like the more adult person taking on oh. the more, if this goes wrong, yeah. I'm the one who suffers aspect right. of the science too. With like, again, so like this new, in the new era where we have like adults actually like functioning do still take on responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like that little extra layer too, like him like also protecting Senku. Yeah. to oh. a degree like as Ooh, his, like, his like from like the more dangerous aspects i, like I love that. that i love that that's like some unspoken yeah. shit you know what i mean like, yes, that's a really real. cool spot it's like i am the adult here we're all doing mm-hmm. cool science stuff that we all love but at the end of the day it's like these are a bunch of kids here and i'm the leading scientific mind like professionally and probably mm-hmm. in regard to skill you know what i mean at the end of the day probably if you compare yeah. the numbers probably put xeno slightly above senku you know what i mean right. so like that that level of responsibility taking um subconsciously or however whatever term you want to use for it not being apparent on the page is mm-hmm. really cool to think about for Zeno. Right. There are um a ton of little little things in this chapter that I thought were really tight. For example, like page three, right? Um they make a Geiger counter. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever like seen a Geiger counter or used one or heard one or whatever, right? Like it makes like a clicking noise, right? Like when it gets yeah. closer to radiation it's like Yeah, you know, like, like a predator mask. <laughs> right, right, right. Geiger, Geiger. But but the sound, yeah, the sound effect here is Geiger, Geiger, right? Like that's, that's, that's not what a Geiger counter sounds like, but that's the sound effect they picked, right? Like, that's, that's so cool. That's that is tight. That is tight. I didn't even, I mean, you're, you, you know, you're the Kana guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you, you like notice that kind of stuff, but it's always so cool you point it out because it's like, dude, that's a really cool thing to slide in there on purpose. It's like, who would, yeah, yeah, who yeah. would I mean, besides Japanese people, I wonder how many right. other people notice something like that. Right. <laughs> oh, the other thing. When we were talking about Zeno, mm-hmm. I feel like you can kind of tell that he has like a small liking for Chrome too. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Well, because Chrome is a, a, a you know budding scientist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like like I feel like he's like man this little this little rock niglet. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Yeah, I love that. I love that, dude. Zeno is such a um a, a well written and well thought out character. All of the characters in Doctor Stone are, are are well thought out, and I feel like perfect for the role that they were written for. But it is so cool to see that underneath all of the um, flamboyant things that that Boichi and and Richiro kind of like do to like show you what kind of person you know Doctor Zeno is. There is a lot of really cool unspoken shit in the background. Like, yo, this kid is a budding scientist. He's a nerd. The probably the top two things that scientists are the most um, excited about is the scientific method actually being applied and working and young people showing interest in being scientists you know what i mean and wanting to yeah. kind of do the same things that they do it's a really cool like idol you know like mentor kind of you know relationship that scientists just want to eat up and love you know what i mean and it's like you see that in like all of the real world scientists that we've ever known about carl sagan fucking neil degrasse tyson you know etc they mm -hmm. all get really bill nye they're like wait 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 kids are thinking about are we thinking about science right now hold on we need more scientists we need more we need more nerds mm -hmm. we need more geeks you know what i mean like, they're <laughs> all about that shit you know what i mean you can feel oh, that yeah. in characters like senku and dr Zeno, and that's just really cool unspoken shit that you can notice in the comic right also i appreciate the, the 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 fact that they took the time to make canning for food like food cans yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's, it's a thing, thing of, do, yeah, yeah. It's like a thing about Doctor Stone that I've always just appreciated is all these little inventions that it's like, yeah. Well, this is boring. It's like, no, <laughs> no. It makes you... sense because this is what we're building right now. This is a byproduct. We have extra of these, so like, why not do this if we have, mm -hmm. you know? And they cover all of those little things leading up to the big invention. You know what I mean? And that's right. a lot of the fun of Doctor Stone for me is to, mm -hmm. is to see it all kind of like laid out on the map, like puzzle piece bird's eye view in that way yep and like they mentioned that one of the benefits of this stainless steel um food containers right where like in our universe right like we, we don't ha have cans made of stainless steel right just regular ass aluminum or tin yeah. or something you know like with some coating right and that's why they don't last forever but the stainless steel shit which is like super expensive for you know modern day um metal or whatever like that will they say it like it will make it last 3700 years so if for example, why man freezes everyone, uh, we'll still have food when everyone wakes up, guaranteed, yeah. right? Even yeah. if yeah. it takes so long that it naturally undoes, like what it did for Senku, we'll still have food, which is super awesome. And they mentioned that um, on page 10 here, yeah, like um, we can finally get to reviving cities worth of people all around the world. And on page 11, you see Taiju with a bottle of the revival fluid and it says 75, they've already, unfrozen 75 people mm. in this chapter mm. and that's yeah. who like lives in super alloy city now later yeah. in the chapter yeah because it's like a party at the end of the motherfucking chapter yeah, <laughs> yeah. people and a bunch of people we've never seen before yeah mm -hmm. yeah i was wondering if i was like am i tripping am i like <laughs> but okay yeah like i'm not tripping like that yeah yep. they a bunch of people i didn't notice yep. the 75 on the bottle i'm gonna tell you that right now i did not right. see that and notice that number that's a really good spot that's a great spot yeah, yeah. so the the one thing that I am worried about is that I always agree that Sukasa was right to worry about like people see. coming back and trying to like just shoehorn and force that old way. Yeah. Like even even like Ryu say like I was always like oh man like you know how uh, people are like oh man if Zoro runs into Sanji once he gets to Wano that's how I felt about Sukasa and Ryu say. Oh, oh really? <laughs> oh sure. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, that's an interaction. I feel like we never see them interact directly. Mm -hmm. Ryusui and, and, yeah, and we Shishio. don't get a lot of that. 
So, like, I was like, man, he will put that boy on a shirt in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Like, the first thing that boy did was be like, I'm resurrecting capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I never, I literally never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And so, but I like to believe that some of these people are going to be like, okay, objectively, even if like they weren't conscious during these, you know, 4,000, 3,707 years, whatever, sorry, like 3,709 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some of them would have gotten to see their other people get turned from stone. So I feel like everybody's like, all right, objectively, I saw that. We're going to help you build all this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I, so, I think that's a great point because, like, you could imagine as people get revived, they're going to have their own motivations. But I think if right. they witness other people being unfrozen by this team of kids yeah. who are really good at science, yeah. like, I'd be like, all right, I mean, maybe you do yeah. know what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll the old team. way is just not, um, is just obsolete at this point. Right. Well, it's hard to, like, come out of stone, like, all right, I run such and such. Fucking <laughs> get to work. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Your building I, disintegrated 3,000 years ago. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that, um, that that plot point will come back around at some point. I don't know yes, how long yeah. Dr. Stone mm-hmm. wants to go for, but I do think that um, it would make a lot of sense for those fears of Shishio Sukasa to kind of yeah. show up as, um, you know, potential conflict in later arcs. You know, mm-hmm. like once people are starting to be woken up and everything is going swimmingly, you then have the collections of people who are trying to do exactly what Tsukasa thought that they might. And then that could right. be a potential obstacle, you know, because how do you deal with that? You don't do it the Shishio Tsukasa way, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And civilization is starting to come back to life under Senku and Zeno. So like everything is going positively, but now all of a sudden there's this, you know, negative older generation that's trying to come reclaim the world. And it's like, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? in a non-physical way that Shishio would want to. You know, so, now we have to do it politically. Now we have to do it, you know, in other ways that could be really interesting for the series. Arguably, this could be seen as a bit of a cop-out, but I don't necessarily think so. I do think we have to get, like, an actual natural disaster because mm-hmm. there's been such an emphasis on science throughout the series and people have always been afraid of, you know, like, scientific... Or, like, scientific, scientists are always like, eventually we just have to have xyz like this volcano has to erupt which could potentially cause massive harm this has to happen you know like certain things just are inevitable like the big one that might eventually break california off like those kinds of things that are always on the table so the fact that they've been able to like just constantly find populations kind of suggests that like none of those the big one events have really happened in the story oh wow that's really interesting the only way that I can kind of see like this not becoming it, because like if Dr. Stone doesn't want to try to write all that social like concept, because right. it's mostly about like the, the physical scientists, it's yeah. not completely dedicated to a whole social science narrative. And like if that's where they want to go, then like I'm here for it. Yeah. But I don't know if that's like what this story wants to be about. Right. So like I think that that conflict kind of has to be a thing. And it, I could easily see it being something that potentially comes up after they go to the moon and uh, encounter Y-Man. Yeah. Where they'll, like, because they haven't been, like, building a bunch of telescopes necessarily, or as they're building telescopes and they go up to the moon to see Y-Man, somebody on the ground notices something, and then, like, that's when we have to deal with something like meteors or 
Mm -hmm. something like that and that's just inherently going to destroy a bunch of the statues regardless like irredeemably they won't be salvageable so right Mm. dang oh that's really interesting yeah that's a ton of interesting points and what if eventually like later on in the story of dr stone we start getting those social you know um those social discourse you know conversations surrounding like what kind of science they're doing now later like obviously the science that brings the world back to you know, a, a, a civilized state, no one's really going to argue with that. But once it is back to that civilized state, you have to start talking about sciences that are going to try to bring back, you know, newer technologies. Like, what if for some reasons, you know, in Seneca, I don't know what reason they would have, but I'm trying to think of really controversial, um, you know, science uh, breakthroughs like the atom bomb and, you know, like oh, mustard, yeah. mustard gas and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, these are all things that people had like a really serious problem with us inventing. You know what I mean? So like, what if that is an area of like post civilization rebuilding storytelling that dr stone tries to go into like yo senku wants to make an atom bomb now like what's up with that you know what i mean like could it like, yeah nuclear power is a very real yeah. like discussion that could be on the table especially with them like yeah. being a super alloy city finding all these metals like it almost seems like it like now that you mention it like an inevitability is like getting a hold of that stuff right especially when we have xeno on the table who could be like making stuff and finding little minerals on the side and sneaking them oh shit that's the turning point like maybe they create a nuclear reactor for like wholesome purposes civilization Mm -hmm. purposes and then xeno underhandedly is taking that technology and siphoning it towards like atom bomb research like underneath senku's nose for whatever fucking reason that may be i don't know I don't even know how like radiation and whatnot works with bombs or whatever. I'm just like throwing <laughs> things out there. Even if you, well, you never know. I'm assuming. Even if it's just a dirty bomb, that's yeah. enough like to tank the soil, tank the water supplies. Right. Yeah. And, like right. just really damn super alloy city because even now, like which you know, Doctor Stone, like the most that they're gonna do, like theoretically, is catch up to the technology we have now. Mm-hmm. In theory, theory. Right. Right. Uh, because of where the you know where the story is technically at the beginning. Right. So. Even now, we don't have the technology to purify an irradiated source. Right. You know, like Japan had a, a reactor break down, and like everything within like twenty kilometers of it was basically considered unlivable. Yeah. And you know, that's an archipelago. It's not like they had a lot of space, but like they had to not have people living there. Yeah. Right. And like to the extent where they're literally just like digging up bags of dirt to like <laughs> remove the dirt because it's so radioactive. So yeah. yeah dealing with this like that threat in dr stone would be even more because like you can't just like pick everybody up and move as easily as you like even now it's difficult but like with where he would probably get that bomb at like timeline wise it's going to be sooner than Mm -hmm. they'd be able to have like an expressway to get everybody away from that area anyway i feel like realistically we probably won't see this kind of storytelling in dr stone i want to assume that like the main, you know, like brunt of the storytelling is going to be about getting people back to that pre, you know, the initial petrification back to like, you know, a before state to that. And that'll probably yeah. make sense as a, as a conclusion, you know, they, they build the rocket, they go fight Y man, they come back down, they rebuild civilization and then it's over. But I mean, like if it, you know, that's the cool thing about Dr. Stone is that it is the kind of story that could continue on after that, you know, conclusion or whatever. And people I feel yeah. like would still be interested in seeing like what kind of social, issues that you know could be tackled after civilization is rebuilt 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But at the same time, it's like I feel like if it did go into that after rebuilding civilization and that whole arc finishing, I feel like then we'll start, you know, talking about like, is this going on too long? You know what I mean? Like, did oh, it, yeah, definitely. Did it do what like, it was supposed to do? Like, is this seven deadly sins now? But like, Doctor <laughs> Stone. <laughs> and I, I, I think like, it's anything, fun to like talk about what they can do with yeah. these pieces. But yeah, that is definitely one of those. Yeah. I feel like we've lost the plot. Yeah. What were you going to say, Eagle? I think if anything, we might delve a little bit into that like eventually they're going to revive some not so good people right mm-hmm. that, that's where we'll see some of that maybe people bombing or serial killing or whatever the fuck yeah but like i don't know i've never gotten vibes from zeno like he wants to blow up a fucking city with right <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I brought up the bomb yeah, just because of like... he was, yeah he was he just worked at nasa you know yeah right. i was <laughs> i was just bringing up like controversial sciences and inventions that people right, have right. issues with socially yeah. Yeah. in history yeah what were you saying nick yeah, like I think the more um, reasonable thing to assume that Zeno would do is like eventually Senku and the squad are going to leave, right? In this chapter, they basically um, uh, confirmed that they still do need to go to other areas of the planet to get other materials yep. for the rocket. And and I think they're implying here that uh, Zeno is going to stay in Super Alloy City and be like the mayor or the head scientist of Super Alloy City. Like this seems mm. to be his like, cause he says like, I'm gonna build the rocket and y'all are gonna build your boat. And I think I would, I would assume that means you build your boat and go ride it off into other places. You know what I mean? To, sure. to get the other shit while I stay here and build the engine for the rocket. Um, so while they're out exploring the world that there can be that like um, sedition, you know what I mean? Like he can he can be trying to like make his own little kingdom in Super Alloy City, and mm. I think that could definitely be a, a very likely point of conflict going forward. Sure, they get back and everybody's like, "Have you seen King Zeno? He's looking really good today." Right, right. <laughs> like, right. What? Which, the fuck? Yeah. Now here's a question then too: Do you think they go back to Corn City first? Yes. Yeah. Resurrect allies, so that way they have a base there. Get some stuff popping. So like, especially since if we're if Zeno's going to be left there, then I feel like Chrome potentially would have to go to the Corn City, or like we need more mm-hmm. like something to like build that up just in yeah. case. Because right. I don't think they just completely want to be willing to risk seeding Super Alloy City to Zeno just in case. Yeah, right. we need we need we need big science people in every area of territory. <laughs> I can see mm-hmm. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, they're going. I don't think they'd send. I don't know. They for sure got to go back there to revive some some yeah. motherfuckers. You know yeah, what I'm saying? For sure. Joel yep. still got his hand smashed in the fucking chair. Yo! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, healed. Yeah, he's going to be fine, though, from the stone. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's broken off, though. If it is, they'll just reattach oh, it, right? Oh, they'll just put it back on. Put it back together. Yeah, yeah they got all the pieces. You're good. Yeah. We got, uh, what's Taiju's girlfriend's name? The the arts and crafts major? Yuzuriha. Yuzuriha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She'll do it. She'll get his hands back. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't she isn't um Yuzuriha in corn city too yeah i yeah. think so yeah, yeah for sure yeah. they're all yeah. i think theory. you cannot trust zeno around this revival fluid they're like really, yeah. really reviving people like i think if you let him get like one note uh, <laughs> like oh <laughs> now i know Stanley, <laughs> my guy come I, on i, <laughs> I bet that they're when they when they take the boat and go to other cities they might take stanley's statue as collateral mm. hostage mm-hmm. like stanley or sorry zeno literally thought like oh or maybe stanley thought in his internal monologue like they're gonna hold me hostage they're gonna hold my statue hostage and force zeno to do shit and yeah. they basically will i mean yeah. they've, they've agreed that that's what's gonna happen now yeah. will they trust zeno and leave the statue 
or will they take the statue and be like, well, okay, build the rocket engine, then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? we'll yeah. see. I think, I think they know. We'll I think they know <laughs> that like, as long as Zeno is in an area where he has the same kind of resources that Zen that Senku could use to do anything, that they can't just leave him with Stanley right. and all yeah. of the guns in the same area, and then just cross their fingers and hope Zeno doesn't figure out how to make revival fluid. And, yeah, that's and bring his no army way. back like no way yeah, they have to no take way. the statue and be like do what we say and then we'll re and they actually even like talk about that in this chapter they're like of course you know Zeno is is only working with us because we're promising to you know to revive stanley you know under mm -hmm. the the under the um you know the uh whatever the saying that they had is is that like it, it was like option a you were yeah. just doing duties in warfare option b mm -hmm. you're a mass murderer obviously right. we choose option a if we can you know, all work together and do everything good in that, right, Zeno? And he's like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, of course. That's why I'm doing yep. everything. Yeah, I see yeah. how it I think, is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I catch the vibe. Like, we get these dark vibes from Zeno and stuff, but, like, I do – part of me thinks that he, like, understands the, the dynamic of the situation they're in and that they do need to work together. For sure. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. even over even over and above, like, the blackmail of Stanley's statue, like, the, he's like, we got oh, this. Oh, sure. Yeah. We got this moon situation we need to figure out. Yeah, okay, of course so Zeno like, is going to be down for that. Yeah, someone's up there fucking with us. Yeah. Okay, right. so like, yeah, we got to like, go. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, I kind of think he is just part of the squad now in a way. It's cool. Regardless of how like he has his own machinations, it's like, well, even if I like were to defeat Senku right now, why man is still up there? Right. Right. So literally, what's the point of me trying anything slick down here? Yeah. Right. When moon nigga. <laughs> yeah, we gotta do. Yeah. We gotta fight the moon guy, and, and then we can get like, back to RB. We might even need to to like, what if what if Y Man's up here on some crazy moon army shit with like a bunch of robots or some shit, and like we need Stanley, hey. Automatus, oh, and and Enel up there. Y Man is Enel. <laughs> you go, they go up to the moon, and you just get a, a dialogue bubble. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> zap the shit out of everybody <laughs> Yo. um a minor thing i i noticed and, and i had to look it up or whatever and i, I just thought it was interesting say on page 14 right um xeno is holding a cam and, he, and he's talking about how the stainless steel is like super basic stainless steel and it's like basically useless mm -hmm. um but he's holding this can and it has this word uh it's a french word jib jibia um and i was like what the fuck is that um so i had to look it up it means game meat like deer or boar or you know th things you'd kill in the wild right. wild game that, yeah. that kind of meat um i just thought that was interesting i've, I've never seen that word before i've never seen that either interesting that i, they I thought it said geiger french to put on there yeah i don't know yeah. why i thought it said geiger because yeah. earlier it's just a g word and i just like didn't even think about it i just kept i just kept I, it pushing <laughs> i looked at it and just thought it was a play on like gerber oh that's shit. what i thought too that's what i thought at first but i, I looked i looked is this like a real word and it, it is a real word yeah and you can go back to like say page 10 where um sukasa and uh, hyoga are like have like tons of pigs or they're, they're holding a bunch of pigs oh, and sure. then um uh francois is like boiling it all up and canning it and then yep. and they label it game meat or whatever yeah and then he makes the fucking chef knives dun, 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 and then yeah. francois instantly is just, brrr, just she, in her, in her element look at how happy she is like yeah this is where i'm yep. supposed to be thanks yes. for the knives mm -hmm. <laughs> fuck yeah oh crazy man hell yeah man great chapter though incredible chapter Ooh, yeah, yeah. Also, the fact that they chose to illustrate the alloys via a giant robot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's kind of hilarious to me. It's like, I'm like, 
would does Chrome even have an idea of what this would look like? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's wild for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that about does it for Doctor Stone. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get into chapter sixty-five of Marshall, Mosh Burn Dead, and Running in the Rain. Fire color page. Yeah, it's vibrant. Very vibrant. Love, I love Komoto's palette. Mm-hmm. The colors that he chooses are always very, very good. Very good color stories. Very, mm-hmm. yeah, very stylized while still... Like, it, MASH really does have its own style. It does. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. It's cartoony, it's but, like, high detail. Bowl mm-hmm. cut Jesus. Yeah, and, like... Bowl the, cut. <laughs> bowl cut There's Jesus. a lot of those, like, blur effect camera, like designed to make it look like it's being like taken with a real camera right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just like little tricks and mash that i really appreciate hell yeah, yeah. It's we start off with some hype ass information from the yes. stage in the sky bro. Yeah. like we get this information that you know Wahlberg and innocent zero were both pupils of this this mage named adam who apparently like built their entire society mm-hmm. adam Adam and Eve. Yep. Right. Right. First what? No. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so it's so it's so funny that I'm like that they're touching on like Greek mythology and the Master Canes and like Adam and Eve because I'm like going through like Record of Ragnarok right now on Twitch mm. and it's like that's what it's all about and you have like Adam versus Zeus and like all sure. this stuff just happening around the same time in the comics that I'm reading. I'm seeing um, mythology and like areas of Western comic books that I'm reading right now just all at the same time. I'm here for it. I fucking sure. love this lore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's it's tight that inside of a it's just a cool um angle for Mashal to take inside of its lore to like tap into, you know, Greek mythology and things like that and it's in its power system. I just think that so many creators are have amazing ideas like for concepts in their comic books right now. I'm like so excited about it. Right. Yeah. This uh yeah. this Adam dude's staff looks terrifying yes oh my god okay. it's like rib cage looking thing or whatever it, like wow like and they're like nobody considers who is dark magic and i was like well now i'm gonna bring him in because he's a dark <laughs> magic user so yeah. automatically i want to see it like, right. yeah it right. lends to the fact that like isn't there the whole mythos in the that like adam part of his rib became eve or something like that yeah, oh, yeah. that's right that's he right did. Oh yeah. So yeah. Nice. So that would the be the Eve thing makes sense. Yeah, the it does. Eve wand. The oh, Eve wand. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Oh, uh, and then we're gonna get. Are we gonna get the Eve's like stand? You know what I mean? Like how like uh, Carpaccio sure. or whatever had like the nurse sure. like stand thing. Are we gonna oh, wow. get like we could see something like that? That'd be crazy. Damn. <laughs> but, nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, we get this. We move into this where this dude's got no face, bro. I was gonna say, how did y'all feel about the lack of face reveal? That page <laughs> yeah. turn was disgusting, bro. I was like, fuck mm-hmm. yeah, there's that Mashal shit that we haven't seen. I feel like since Abyss Razor. Remember the yeah. Abyss yeah. Razor like page turn where it was like super high oh, detail, the, the like, mask. Yeah. yeah, with the mask and shit. Like I was mm-hmm. like, where where mm-hmm. have panels like those been? Yeah. <laughs> also, like, just the intensity of the detail for a no face face. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Because it's like you can almost see like a fingerprint in the face. When yeah, with the hair. yeah, totally. With yeah. like the way like the stark blacks like come into that like very um, paint brushy style outline mm-hmm. going yeah. into the details and like the screen tones used for the face to like right. really make it feel 3D and give it that depth that really makes it scary against the stark black. Yeah. Yes. And yes. it's uh, it, it just 
puts you on the edge of your seat to know what's going on with this guy when Wahlberg is like, you, you've abandoned you, your humanity. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what does that, uh, what does that mean? What does this dude have to do to get to this point? Whatever the fuck this no face point where he yeah. can morph his face into this. Do you think, do you guys think this is this person's true face? Oh, I think the so. That they, like, the one that they do show? I think the point oh. of what Wahlberg is saying is that like, oh yeah, yeah, this is probably the one that's more familiar to Wahlberg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think this is like the original face, but yeah. also this face doesn't look like entirely like masculine, right? No, yeah, it looks very young, very young and um, yeah, androgynous, or whatever for sure, definitely. So, like, part of me is like, what if this is secretly Mash's mom? You and... what? <laughs> no, no, oh my god, because he said he was his dad. Yeah, but like I'm like, you, you I mean I what's think going you get, on here? You, yeah, you yeah. Get like a, are you like an eight? Like because this because he was like I want to absorb mash, so it could be that like on nine. Is, yeah, you kind of in the top right panel you see like what looks like pecs to me. Oh sure, yeah, sure. like the striations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I don't I don't think it is actually. I, yeah. I I think that is if you looked at the bottom of nine, you can see uh. Uh, Innocent Zero's chest is those squares. Oh, those sure. So it's just I like think it's body, those it's yeah. just body horror. Yeah. 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 Super interesting. This this very interesting. Like re reforming uh, his, his it, body. His nine also kind of looks like he's wearing lipstick. That's why I'm like, are you? Oh, yeah. Like, sure. We have it, we have the thing with Marconi where she was like, wait, are you a girl? I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I was wondering about that. Yeah. That's so, very true. So, very true. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Get this, uh, crazy ass spell from Innocent Zero. Times, yeah. It looks like they're about to, yeah, they're about to bring somebody back from the dead or some shit. Somebody crazy. Yeah, and, who's uh, in that coffin? Wahlberg. I don't, why is he so surprised that he would use a forbidden spell? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you know what I just realized. And I'm like glad. Okay, so this is this now makes me glad that Mash doesn't have like a super popular following yet. Sure. Because the Naruto comparisons could have really started coming in here. Oh shit! With because like you got the it's an attack during the festival. Yep. Mm -hmm. The feminine face reveal after yep. like the what mm. is clearly experiments in immortality. Right. Yep. The the sensei or the old person. We've being been like comparing this to Sarutobi versus Hiruzen yep. for like a couple yeah. chapters now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, bro. If and we I don't get even mean scene, it in a bad way. It's yeah. Just, no, no. No. This no. is good. This is all really good. Like the, just like as a set, like as, as a template for a point of conflict in a shonen mm -hmm. story. Like it feels fine that it's similar to Naruto in these ways. It really just comes down to execution, you know. Whenever mm -hmm. these comparisons are made, and mm -hmm. Mash executes differently than anything, dr drastically different differently than anything that it pulls influence from. You can feel the Harry Potter in there. You oh, can yeah. feel the One Punch Man in here. You can feel the Naruto in here. But it mm -hmm. doesn't feel lazy. Like you're using right. these influences exactly. to tell your story instead of, you know, whatever. Because <laughs> like the only reason I even thought about it, I was like, "Well, he's," I was like, "He's probably gonna bring back somebody from his past." And then it was like, <laughs> "Oh," and then I was like, "It doesn't matter," because I was like, "The fact that you can enjoy it and like you have to really sit there and think about it means that they're probably doing a good job." I said, "Sorry, Toby mm -hmm. versus Hiruzen." I meant Orochimaru versus Hiruzen. Sorry, Toby and Hiruzen are the same person. 
Yeah. yeah. I was thinking that, but I didn't want to put you on blast. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I would have watched the episode and been like, what the fuck are you talking about, kid? (laughs) So I'm glad that I remember. Please fucking call me out for those things. Oh, my God. (laughs) I guess if we're... uh... If we're following that line of thought, like yeah. the only person, you know, obviously in the heroes in fight, mm-hmm. it was their predecessors, the dope ones. So, like, yeah. is this mm-hmm. Adam in the coffin? Oh my oh, god! <laughs> Yo, if it is, I mean, that's fantastic. We, we already got the space backdrop too, so like, incredible. I love that. And that that like and there's a looking. Mm-hmm. There's a cross on it. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, there is a whole cross on it. Bruh! Love it. Need it to be. So I'm, so I'm wondering, like, it says, you know, the ability times the living dead. And there is a clock in the background, and the, and the clock is at two. So I'm wondering, like, is this third, this must be third level magic. Oh, sure. And it's two, so can we assume this is two in the morning, a.k.a. this is the night of the living dead? So like this is some sort of like meta level because this is time magic, right? right what what yeah. what is what does zombies and coffins have to do with time? Unless it's like Night of the Living Dead, like a zombie movie, right? Mm-hmm. And um and 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 third level time magic is so powerful and abstract, you can like create a coffin out of the concept of the night, which is a time oh. of the living dead. You know what I mean? I like, see where it's, you're it's going like, with this. Yeah, it's like it's it's very interesting. Like yeah. what, what what is he doing? How's this time magic? Exactly? I guess I just assumed that um either this spell is forbidden and it's so dense with destructive power that there mm-hmm. has to be a time caveat on it to some degree. Oh. To where like you only get to have this spell and be and be able to use it for a certain amount of time. But sure. I feel like it might um it might make a little bit more sense if the timer is counting down to the actual full manifestation execution of the technique. Ah, well. okay, I can see that. I can see like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. It could also be that um, the way that it works is it targets specifically the time, the exact moment a person died in time. Ah. So it's like it's the time that they were set, like their soul was pulled from that time right before sure. they die and then sure. dropped back in once this time limit is over. Yo. Because, like, and that's kind of be thinking about how, I think it was in, yeah, it was in Bleach, when he was like, I grabbed 100 knights from the Soul Society's future. Mm. And I was, uh. like, I was like, whoa, how did that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just thinking, like, if you're just, like, grabbing actual time, mm-hmm. or, like, if somebody was killed, you're grabbing the time they would have lived. Sure. Oh, shit. Yep. If they had been murdered, something like that. It's right. so like, man, dude, this Mashal is doing a really good job because I know that this is going to make sense to the world of Mashal that we, and I mean, obviously magic still has a lot of fleshing out as far as like raw rules and shit for it goes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like as, as wild of a concept as this is, like, I feel like once it actually starts to be used, it'll, it'll make, because it, right now it just seems like a whole bunch of brand new concepts in the world of like, magic of mash that we're seeing for the first time so like it kind of seems um like it's like off the railsy i want to say you know but i'm Mm -hmm. I'm sure komato will tie it all back and it'll all feel great but as of right now it's like holy shit what do i even what what am i supposed to think of this right now and it's just like i love that in between stage before it becomes cohesive you know what i mean and i think part of this was also to make sure to kind of check that like yes 
Mash is powerful, but there's a reason this fight is taking place where it is. Mm. And it's because Mash isn't strong enough to be chilling right next to two people fighting with God one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or and, like you just don't want to have Mash fucking punch his way through the Wahlberg obstacle, you know what I mean? Like, who knows what Komato will eventually do when Mash has to confront Innocent Zero hand-to-hand. Who, mm-hmm. is, is he going to play it up like a gag? Is it going to be as short as Margaret versus Mash? Who knows? But in the meantime, we need Wahlberg to show out and potentially catch this L. And if Mash is the answer to the conflict, you need to keep him separated from everything if you are going to have him be the answer in that way otherwise although be like why didn't you stop this earlier yeah something that is very martial that i could see happening is like there's a time limit on this technique he's like oh you got this long to kill me before you know this motherfucker comes out we about to mob on you type shit and like Wahlberg's struggling the time limit hits and like simultaneously mosh gets like launched up into the sky or something like (laughs) hits this dude in the chin as he comes out the coffin with the back of his fucking head and they, 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 they go off somewhere and fucking then my fights him i don't know some stupid shit or, like or the dude like gives yeah gives like exposition just, like or he, he says like when this time when this clock reaches you know midnight this dude's gonna come out of the coffin and mash just like holds the the, the door closed oh, oh yeah. holds them like so they can't move the clock it's like <laughs> no that's not how it worked you're so, so right? do that. <laughs> yeah you can see the stupid you can see the fucking look on innocent zero's face when mosh like i can just picture it if yeah. mosh comes in and does some stupid shit like he'll be having mm-hmm. his monologue like ah the time limit is complete we're about <laughs> to fucking kill you and he's just like, Ooh! when mosh comes by and fucking smacks him holds the test can you show emotion without a face oh (laughs) shit yo (laughs) holy shit man oh yeah it could be one of those big head panels that we haven't gotten in a long time could be one of those Uh, the big head surprise panels like where they got the small ass face in their big ass fucking dome yeah (laughs) the mashup classic the only thing that felt awkward to me this chapter was like mash and uh what is this dude what is uh bull cut cell war War. i feel like i don't know i feel like they are coming back to this you forgot you actually forgot who i am scene Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. like i feel like it's overstayed it's yeah (laughs) like three times we have gotten this scene now (laughs) yeah this is one of those where uh yes you're a funny series yeah but it's not the time for that yeah like like just like sometimes it's just not it's like sorry put that away yeah although i did think it was funny how his he's picturing his head as a fucking cream yeah mash vision was funny at least there's something like new that's added every time we come back to this Mm -hmm. um you forgot who i am scene but it is it it is weird it felt like almost maybe like okay we got to show mash in this chapter a little bit Mm -hmm. more than we had planned maybe just throw the throw the you forgot me scene again there again i don't know but it just just feels so awkwardly placed to me and and you say that and now that i'm like oh yeah that is a very jump editorial thing yeah and the first 100 chapters to have happen to an author especially Mm -hmm. like well make sure you do this the main character's gotta be there yeah exactly yeah (laughs) could be something like that i don't know but that was just like i don't really have too much to complain about um in magical generally but that was right. just one thing where it's like I should probably say something because that did kind of like I remember being like really again, sure okay. yeah it, it, like it it didn't do anything for me I yeah. Was yeah like all right yeah. that happened yeah right 
But other than that, incredible chapter. Can't wait to see the I next love one. the slap. I love the slap on page 19 or whatever. Yeah. Just like <laughs> yeah. running over all the carbon, metal, whatever this spikes. rain of stuff is, spikes or whatever, and yeah. then just slaps yeah. them. You know, he, he has, still has the hand out on page 21. He's like, like hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With the smoke coming off of it, too. He smacked the fuck out this man. Yeah. Slapped him like he was trying to cook a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I was worried you guys wouldn't know about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I'm good on MASH, though, this week. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if you guys have any more. Yeah, me too. Nah. Oh, solid chapter. Hell yeah. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 295 of Black Clover Rematch. And, Color uh, page, I don't know, as, red, I, fire. as I said in my, you know, in my live reaction stream earlier, this color page, to me has death flags for yami all over it yeah, yeah big death flags yeah, look at his yeah. all in funeral attire and he's the only one that's not like shown right. facing the fucking front if this know? really is foreshadowing for that plot point i'm kind of mad at tabata for making it so obvious because like that's literally like what everyone has said about this fucking color yeah, range so far right. and it's like i don't want to well, know that yami died in a fucking color spread so, so <laughs> to a certain degree though like i kind of feel like if he does die this was Tabata being like, all right, guys, I'm actually going to do it this time. <laughs> yeah. I need you to understand. Yeah, like, like, this is here. I'm committing. It's like, in the color so, spread. <laughs> Yami fans, don't be mad that we don't Julius this one. Like, <laughs> which, nah. that comment about Yami fans being was aimed at myself. <laughs> yeah. It's me. I'm Nickus. <laughs> the uh the only other thing i can think of with this yeah. yami turned away from us is that mm. everyone else is um working together to save him right sure. like he's Absolutely. he's incapacitated everyone yeah. else is fighting right so maybe that's how it is i don't know yeah i like that that's tight but the all black attire seems crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yeah Look, this is a series that like has saved enough lives and like kept enough people out of death. Where, as far as I'm concerned, Yami doesn't need to die. Uh, take out Vengeance. Yeah, I didn't, want, I didn't want him to live. All of this is like borrowed time, as far as I'm concerned, for Vengeance. Right, so. right. I agree with you. Um, another thing I noticed in this uh, color spread is Asta's right hand mm -hmm. is black. Uh, you know, from that uh, contract. Yeah, the, still where he, he gave his arm away. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's tight. Well, I hope that stays forever because he looks cool. on his shoulder. Yeah, he does. Look yeah, at him, little cute little chibi Liba. Mm-hmm. Chibi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, right back into this action, this Noel and uh, Vanica action. I didn't get a chance last week to talk about like how tight it was that Vanica was talking all that shit at the end of the last chapter, and then fucking Gaja and Noel come in like literally at like Mach three, but Vanica's still ready and catches the fucking spear like yeah. with no reaction time at all. I thought that was fucking sick. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, Vanica, like it's good action. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh yeah. What were you gonna say, Eagle? <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm I'm loving Noelle's vibes in this chapter, man. She's mm -hmm. not fucking playing around. Like, yeah. Yeah. Certain certain panels, her shading and the intensity in her eyes just really stands out. Absolutely. Yeah. Tabata mm -hmm. Tabata drew the shit out of this chapter, especially like on, the Noelle uh, panels for sure. On page fifteen on the bottom, you can really fucking see it. Like, yeah, she is yeah. not playing around right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a great panel there. I love mm -hmm. the way that uh, Tabata and the panel above that with Lolo Pachika crying. I love the way he uses like the screen tones as like the shading beneath the 
the um whatever that you know writing is for the curse yeah, yeah. magic that's consuming mm -hmm. or whatever I, i've always loved mm -hmm. that effect mm -hmm. i also like the, the uh, that does that yeah the glowing like from like the pure spirit energy like forming around noel like so like yep. that since he's got the armor you know like that emphasizes the darkness in her eyes that reflect mm -hmm. the anger Ooh. whereas the demonic energy is just like pure all-encompassing and chaotic on the like to the right when you look right. at the other page with yes uh, love that love that uh, yeah art outside of the art i don't know the writing of the chapter is like something that i'm not the the biggest fan of throughout the mm -hmm. chapter i think that vanica's dialogue is very um i don't know was, I'm, I'm gonna use the word cringy because that's literally like what i felt as i read the chapter i feel like vanica shouting about how strong noelle is and getting stronger and fighting her it just feels very um it just doesn't that's what she's been on the whole time. That, that is what she's been on the it whole time exactly new. it is it isn't anything new but my, i guess my point is like why is are we not exploring this character any deeper than just shouting about how strong people are i think that like at this point in the game and i understand look okay if you if you don't want the if the triads aren't going to get any more depth because they're not like the final villain of this arc or whatever and you're going to give that to morris or whatever it's like we still have to deal with these characters on the screen in the meantime from week to week and mm -hmm. vanica right. and dante feel like fucking powerpuff girls villains to me and it's like <laughs> it's like if you're not going to be the main villain whatever but i mean you are getting a lot of screen time to do like really shallow things and have really shallow dialogue you know what i mean i understand mm -hmm. it's a big war and everybody is fighting and whatnot but i mean like shonen stories have been able to characterize and write you know deeper characters in the midst of conflict in the midst of high action like we see that all the time so i guess i guess that's yeah, just something that i want i mean i guess i don't know i was xenon the most seriously yeah, Dante yeah. kind of takes seriously at first, but then you find right. out he's just kind of unhinged and crazy at times mm -hmm. when he's actually getting his ass whooped. Yeah, Xenon's calm and collected, calculated. Yeah, I always saw Vanica as just that type of character who's just batshit crazy. Like, yeah, loves fighting powerful people, and yeah. I don't know. That was cool at first. I remember like when she first came out, I made a comment like in our review about how it's tight that a female character has that like radical survival of the fittest outlook. You don't usually see that in like female antagonists, but then like nothing more was done with that. The character mm -hmm. was not explored literally anymore. And she's been around for who knows how many chapters now. And obviously she was out of the story during all the Dante stuff, but it's like Dante gets introduced and he has this amazing screen presence and then is very underwhelming as a villain and as a character in general and gets whooped multiple times with no depth added to his character. And it's like, when are we going to get the, this pathos? When are, why is Tabata hanging on to, you know, the depth or the flashback, you know, like whatever more we can get for these characters, I'm sure it's coming. And I was talking about it in a group chat a little bit earlier with some people about how I do believe that the Dark Triad, you know, flashback and, and depth is coming. But in the meantime, it's like, this is like a really high level conflict that we're that we have going on right now and all it is is fighting and that we're getting we're getting you know characterization for noelle she's getting fleshed out more she's getting progression asta and all the main cast is doing just fine in my opinion but when it comes to this antagonistic force of just being walls of energy and and anger it's like i personally am expecting more from a conflict of this level narrative i i think it has something to do with the fact that the theme of the the Dante fight directly ties in with like classism and like looking down on people, all these other things. Like there's like a whole like real like social narrative. Like there's like a little extra meat to it. And then like when you see like the Magne fight, 
Yeah. So like we're coming down like and like the Magnet fight like I was like in the same GC we were discussing. Yeah. Was probably like the best classism like discrimination chapter in BC. Yeah, I loved it. Um, so we're coming down from one of like a, a really good moment and like this fight is more about friendship and relationships. And so it it's like all right, cool, yeah, like Undyne's and like Noel are friends and they care about Lola Pachica and all this other stuff, but it's like okay, but like this doesn't do a lot for like the overall plot, so it feels weird mm-hmm. that they're having like this like friendship fight at this point in the yeah. series, like it mm-hmm. like in the story where it feels like almost like okay, but like shouldn't we be like getting more explanations on some other stuff? And like this right. is like a, a an interesting like it's an interesting step in like the combat system where it's like the spirits can consciously make a choice to like go partner up with somebody just to like go help somebody else and like they can have these temporary contracts and all that other stuff like it seems to imply with Noel. Right. Like that's fascinating, like but it's like it, it it's weird that like it doesn't feel like it actually does a lot. It just seems like a cool like info dump and then like we're right. just like, yeah, like we have like something to make a, a raw a more raw fight. Right. And it just feels yeah, like Tabata would is it's just like adding new concepts instead of I don't know like it, like it's it, whenever there's like a turning point in conflict is in conflict it's because a new spell or a new con or a new concept is like being introduced in that right. pivotal moment and it's like you can do that a bunch I love concepts you know what I mean but I mean like take the time to actually flesh them out and like take some time with your audience right. to 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 get the idea across of what these concepts do and how they work it's like sure you probably go back and find screenshots and put the the puzzle together but it's like you got to rehash information you know like okay as the story goes on so that we can fucking like have a better idea of the phenomenon we're fucking reading about i i shouldn't i don't know and maybe it's just because of that's know. also why the zora magna thing was like super cool for me yeah because like the, we they talk about like yeah training spells like create spells but a lot of the time it's like when yami gets dark dimension slash it's like i need to get out of this space i now have the ability to cut through space right um like with valkyrie dress like we we had practiced mana skin but she technically hadn't practiced valkyrie dress like that spell yeah it just like unlocked and was like you know like a crisis spell yeah and so like we knew that zora had some cool spells and like configurations but like we had never really talked about him like actually meticulously crafting all these like small little glyphs to make them yeah mm-hmm. and so it was like cool we're finally getting like actual hard work to create spells and having that be relevant yeah whereas almost every other time it's been like yes people have trained but boom yeah, like here they get is. this buff like here it is like no yeah. like no extra story attached to it it's just right. like I'm here to whoop your ass now and yeah. here's another form and i feel yeah. like we just started like delving into the idea of like actually like showing characters learning and training spells like this spade art so like mm-hmm. it's cool that we have it now but like that whole entire idea i feel like is coming late and at the same time that it's coming late tabata is dumping more concepts on the table in like right. times of like high you know high high stakes conflict so it's like it just feels messy you know what i mean yeah. and then this, on this, top uh... of yeah this this like Saint Sage ability, they they do I think they do a good job of like explaining how technically yes technically, uh, Undyne explains how yes it makes sense that no one knows about this because she knew about it and she purposely decided because um, she loves uh, you know Lola Pachica so much 
that I'm I'm just not gonna tell any, anyone else about this Saint Sage thing, right? But like, how how I don't know, trivial and convenient. It, it's just yeah. lazy. I, I yeah. think like to here's a new ability that's just gonna fuck up the the devils. Yeah, so hard, great, hard counter great. out of nowhere. Devils. Out of nowhere, hard counter. Hard, hard counter, brand new. Okay, so here's the I will defend Sabata on this in the sense that it is like the logical conclusion, right? Like we've had these oh, spirits. Sure. We, like so, like to a certain degree, we've been it's like, looking yeah, for that win be... condition. We've been trying to, we've been asking ourselves, how do they win? Yeah, right. Like so, like it, it like makes sense. Like okay, there has to be like a holy something. Yeah. And so it's kind of nice that like this is directly a result of spirits that we've seen in the story for a good chunk of the story, at least. But this is information that you lead into. This is not information right. that you just turn the page into. But when we have series like JJK, where and I like one of my favorite things is when you get that like that box and it's like a fourth grade you could use like a baseball bat yeah uh, like a pistol shotgun yeah like and then like you for the most part like adhere to it or like in like okay we kind of just do a bunch of special grades now for JJK but like you know like but but like when you set it aside like if you introduce this system then like with magna for example it was like okay he's like a fifth level mage and then like that's just too low so he had to like find a workaround right it's like you didn't have to hide saint sage from us in Mm. fact you could have like put like a like a a nebulous tier above like in a graphic and that alone would have been monumental especially because like you had like the suggestion with like he's dark tier with uh asta Like back arcane stage, he, was it? Was yeah, it was, like, like he was like said? arcane or darker, darker cane or something, yeah, like that. And it was like, okay, so we know that there's something extra special. So then it just would have been like, okay, Saint Tier goes with Dark Tier, boom, or whatever it was. Like, yeah, all right, we got it, thanks. Like, it didn't matter, like, that secret didn't matter too much. All mm-hmm. that mattered is how we got there, right? Sure. And then, like, so holding that secret would have helped a lot, like, if we just would have known, okay, Saint is a thing. We don't know how you get it, but we know it's a thing. And then, because most people probably would have been like, oh, it's about being loved by the mana so much and becoming a sage and da 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 da. Like, that's probably how a lot of people would have taken it. And then it would have been like, oh, no, it's about being chosen by the spirits. And then you're like, oh, that means that you know can become a saint too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how, like, both him and Asta get to stay on the same level because sure. Asta gets to keep leveling up his contract with the anti magic devil. And, you know, he gets to become the ultimate saint. I just think that sure. more probably. What do you guys think about this? Yeah. When we got the explanation on the stages of mages, mm-hmm. you know, stage zero, whatever, arcane stage, it was from Lolopechka, right? Correct. Or Gaja. So I think it was both of them. The lines that, yeah. that she doesn't even know about it. Sure. She sure. couldn't tell them. It's a and, th- and that's, that I mean, feels there great. There could have been an instance in the story where we could have known earlier. Yeah. But it makes sense in this instance where Lolopechka explaining it to him wouldn't tell them about it because she has no idea it exists yeah mm-hmm. and that and that's fine that all feels great i love i love that what you just said but at the at the end of the day like when it comes down to execution and how you're going to tell your story right. to the audience it's like i feel like there could have been a little bit more prep work personally you know leading into this information you know what i mean and if you if you can tie it back and make it make sense in your in your story and in your narrative after the fact whatever black clover isn't breaking any of its own rules with what it's doing right now but it just mm-hmm. feels um it feels underwhelming to me it's in its mm-hmm. execution yeah because it does feel very out of nowhere very page turn hand wavy you know explanations that barely make enough sense to get us through the chapter without there being such an obvious break in in continuity 
but mm-hmm. like it does feel very messy you know what i, mean? I do like, have an example of that structurally you know i do have an example of that from the one piece chapter that's coming up that i think i like have an idea of like what is being gone for here but it's very much in the same realm as this where it's kind of like that can technically potentially work but you yeah. probably should have done more with that what i appreciate sure. inside of like series like jujutsu kaisen when you made it when you made it a, um a comparison to talking about like the grades and how like mm-hmm. what it takes to, de- to to defeat a grade baseball bat shotgun grenades and then after we got that explanation it was just such it was just special grade time i do agree that that is kind of awkward but at the same time in comparison to all the other concepts in jujutsu kaisen there's so much more structure surrounding yeah. like all the other explanations that we get for phenomenon that like a, an example like that I feel like isn't too drastic for the continuity but then inside of things like black clover where it's like things feel messy in multiple areas and you know you can find a connecting line but it's that connecting line i feel like should be more apparent it should be Mm -hmm. you know like they should tabata should spend more time to develop you know concepts and rehash the information and make sure that at the base level we have a good understanding of how magic works and why people are able to do the things that they're doing not so much here's the story here's things happening here's you know um explanations that we throw in later that like make you know other things from before make sense like i just wanted to make sense at first and then add like okay is this flying off the rails oh no you're tying it back whereas this just feels just messy in general and then tabata kind of cleans it up later i don't like that that feeling or that dynamic i prefer it to feel because like yeah it feels like he has these ideas sitting in the chamber yeah and then but he's like focused like he's like like he tries to be like really focused on like the story like i i never feel like oh black clover's like doing way too much this chapter like it's like it's all over the place like right focus up like i never get that feeling like black clover usually does a good job of being focused mm-hmm. and i think it's just a case of like Sometimes he's so focused that it's like you actually do need to dawdle a little bit about to right. spend like a little extra time talking about this or that every now and then, just because it like helps. Like I like talk about the door some more, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know, dude. And it's just like Vanica. It's like this chapter looks beautiful, but it's like I just can't get over fucking Vanica's like Scooby Doo villain dialogue. It's like, this is such a big, like, on, on, we know that, like, this is the kind of character she is. She's psycho. Tabach is just going to lean into that and just do base level Vanica dialogue while we have amazing growth coming out of, you know, Noel and we're getting more development for Lolo Pachika and Undine and, like, all of this stuff is happening in the midst of the conflict. But then here's Vanica. Come on, you attack me too. Then you'll both feel good. Let's enjoy ourselves. So, you know, someone, you know, like, it's just like, you better show me. Like, I'm not going to give you, you know, I'm, I'm not going to forgive you if you let this. If you, let, if you let me be bored in this fight, it's just like very like flat dialogue while there's deeper dialogue happening around her. And it's like, yeah. you couldn't give us like anything to deepen Vanica's like character during all of this, at least. because they're talking, but they're not having a conversation. Yes. He's a shower. That's a great, sure, that's a great way to put sure, it. sure. Yeah. They're so it's just like, saying words. Like, like, if, <laughs> like, like, if, like, if, if Noel was like, understand that the power that i've been honing with like undine is exactly what's going to crush you and then she was like oh that sounds exciting i'm looking forward to you attempting to do that but it, it, it's just like no nah, like do this have fun and then she's just like ah, bitch listen bitch i'm gonna kill you now <laughs> and, like, and, and like it's like ah it's a, a little more interaction would have been like know. nice yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's like they both I... monologued at each other for yeah, a yeah 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 
one thing I did like about this chapter was um, in in the flashback when um, Undine was kind of explaining how um, Lola Pachika can't learn attack spells, right? Like it's just her personality; she doesn't do attack spells. Yeah. Um, and then going forward in the chapter where uh, Vanica is forcing her through the curse to do attacks, yes, and she's like crying because of it, right? Yeah. Like being forced to do something against her nature. I thought that was like that fits very well. Fire. Nicely Love executed that. there. Yeah, absolutely. That is a that is a point that I also liked in the chapter as well. And I and I and I I, I feel like um I feel like Black Clover's been giving us chapters that we haven't had too much to complain about for a while. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I and I'm happy with what is happening inside of Black Clover generally. But there mm -hmm. are just sometimes where these chapters come and it really just reminds me of the things that I'm not a big fan of inside of Black Clover. So I hope I don't sound like too much of a hater. This is just one that like really fell flat for me in more areas than it mm -hmm. has in, you know, in recent times. You know what I mean? But but I mean, that doesn't take away from my overall enjoyment of this arc up until this point. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's just top, just little personal Tabata fumbles for me. You know what I mean? Like that right. are just probably always going to be there because that's the kind of story that he's trying to tell. So mm -hmm. But overall, this was a brilliant chapter for in for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I mean, like I I thought the explanation of of uh why like I mentioned before like the why why Saint Sage has been hidden like mm -hmm. I guess it makes some sense I do, I do think it's kind of like uh out of nowhere but mm -hmm. at least it's consistent like yes there she did know about it and purposely decided not to tell people and feels bad about it right she's like damn I I might have made a mistake that uh, I, I didn't tell people about this ability. Maybe we could have been already killing the devils <laughs> if we yeah. had known about this, right? right. Um, and uh, obviously the art slaps. I mean, like, this last double spread of, of the uh, St. Valkyrie armor. Like, goddamn, okay. Yeah. Like, very good. Yeah, oh. very well drawn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The wings. So spirit There's dive. Like a lot of yeah. So now we know Fuego Leon's going to get one of these. That's pretty cool to think about. Which I mean, tends to be dragon themed. Yeah, but I mean, I like mean how, everybody... are gonna, how are they going to get them? Like, oh, just sure. unlock them through stress, and I need to go plus ultra or whatever. Like, <laughs> train for this. If you uh, think about it, Yuno's already shown two of them. Are mm -hmm. right, so so we're assuming that like um, Yuno already does this basically. He, he has, armor fusion, the yeah, he dives, has. We yeah. have seen the. I think the first spirit dive we saw was Yuno, wasn't it at the beginning of this? Yeah, um, and Royal the beginning of this raid. Or oh, sure. sure. Yeah, because he does, yeah, like, he has one, like, like, that first form is, like, the start of, like, the spirit dive, and then he completes it eventually. Yeah. And then that's the one that's got, like, the rapier, and then he's got the Boreas one, which has the halberd now. Mm -hmm. mm. So. Yep, yep. So that's, like, kind of where we first saw it, and then, you know, Noelle obviously has her spirit dive, but it's all inside of, like, spirit users, you know what I mean? So Fuego Leon, we know, has the salamanders, so probably gonna see a spirit which, dive from him, which is exciting. We gotta see one from him, especially like the dude's been creating a firearm. Like his like magic yeah. like is part of his everyday life now. Like, <laughs> yeah. To a degree that like it is not for like a lot of these characters. Like I, yeah. Come on. This is a this is like, you know, an area that he literally can't turn it off on his arm. You know what I mean? Like that is <laughs> fire is his arm. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Well, shit, I think uh, that about does it for Black Clover, I guess. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 315 of My Hero Academia, Platitudes. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. What's up, man? <laughs> I like uh, 
<laughs> so I'm gonna be honest. This chapter, like for me, was I was like, okay, this is a good payoff. This is a good payoff. I'm glad to understand this mechanic. All right, this is what this is for. Like a lot of what this encounter has been about is exactly like it kind of like solidified like all from one is like the threat that like he is and always has yes. been like <laughs> the, the big brain aspects of all from one. Um, I feel like a lot of times people thought that like oh like Deku getting all these quirks is gonna make him like just be a meathead about it. Oh no! And it's like no, no. Like now that Deku has all these quirks, we, we're seeing like just how many different thoughts yeah. are like going into each of these fights. Yeah. And like the way he has to like use certain powers and like Fa Jin, let me tell you, <laughs> the. <laughs> The the way Fajin works is actually kind of how I imagined one for all work. So oh oh yeah, because like there was a there's a couple mechanics like in the description that I always thought about. I was like it stockpiles power, and I was like, well, what does that mean? Like yeah, like what's what's the power that you're stockpiling? Is it kinetic yeah. energy? Is it like what is? It? And I was like, all right, so then like it could be that just by existing with one for all to me, it was like oh, if you were just like moving, it's just like stockpiles all the released energy. Just by existing every breath, every move, da 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 da. Yeah. Like that's kind of like how I was like looking at it. But like that's kind of what Fajin is actually. So like if you turn it on throughout like the entirety of your body, you would act like for your exhales, inhales, all of that would be slowly charging. Yeah, the Fajin. And then you get to, and then you get to release it however you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we were talking last week. I feel like uh, Eagle and I about like um, if All Might is kind of unconsciously using Fajin because like when he when he does like you know Detroit Smash or whatever right like yeah. it's not the power of nine people or eight people in his case right like it's way more than eight people so it's yeah. as if more was charged up than than just inheriting one person's strength you know what I mean oh so sure. in, in, in that way like I think you totally could be on something with there with that Aniki for sure oh yeah my original theory with one for all was that it was like multiple quirks like when I like, first encountered one for all and like you know, All Might was like, oh, uh, you know, it's one, it passes down like one quirk gets passed on to another, and I was like, well, if he's shitting it, like latch on to those quirks if they like combined with that quirk. Oh so damn! Should, so I was always like, wait, shouldn't then pass on all the other quirks? So then wouldn't that make it like a we love Katamari ball of quirks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like it ended up being that like yeah, like Deku did eventually get you know all these quirks. It's For just sure. that. Like, All Might theoretically wasn't using it, but I always just thought, like, that's what I immediately thought the secret was going to be, like, All Might has multiple quirks. And, was, like, mm. and like, the and misdirection was... of All Might having not had a quirk, and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense, like, yeah. no quirk or whatever, like, but it's like, okay, what about what about the predecessors, though? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I love, um, I love the, the forethought that Kohei had on this idea of giving his main character multiple quirks in a story where people only have one, and, like... Mm-hmm everything is based on like how strong you are with one quirk in relation to other people with one quirk. And then you give your main character a bunch of quirks. That was really scary, you know, for a lot of people, myself included, when we first saw Black Whip and we, and this concept, you know, first started kind of getting fleshed out. And I'm sure a lot of people thought that, you know, what this, a fully realized Deku with all these quirks was going to look like was literally just spamming quirk abilities and getting through all of these conflicts with just a bunch Mm -hmm. of, of moves. You know right. what I mean? But I love how Kohei brings it down to go, okay, what would it actually mean in this world, given our understanding of quirks as an energy system, for someone to have multiple? And he spends a lot of time, you know, 
focusing on the detriments of this so that there mm -hmm. are a bunch of caveats in place that make this growth and strength feel earned and satisfying and not just hand wavy black whip into float into fudge in into you know all for or into one for all boom 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 back to back with no you know dialogue dedicated to what it's actually doing to deku on the level that it is sure you could just say oh all of my muscles are working and i'm and i'm exhausted now but then you can just up deku's stamina to get him through whatever you know situation he needs and that wouldn't be good enough sure oh all we know is that deku's just really tired now after winning the fight with all of his quirks you know what i mean like no you need this dialogue about parallel quirk processes you need this dialogue about how he didn't have enough ram essentially to do what he was trying to do you know what i mean and it makes this increase in in capabilities feel really good you know what i mean and it's just like mm -hmm. future thinking from kohei in that way to know that people would complain about this if it's not executed properly and Brent. we have <laughs> expectation shattering you know um depth that's been put into this you know what i mean so th there's two things that i want to touch on with that especially yeah. now yeah one of them being that like we were kind of talking about how and almost every shonen manga every series it's like all right, the MC is eventually going to be like top tier, super elite, clear of a bunch of people. Like, it feels like an inevitability. You know, like over in One Piece, we're looking at this. We're like, yeah, I think we're hitting admiral level. We might, we're hitting admiral level post Wano. Like, we got that whole discussion on the table now. You know, like Ichigo ends up way above plenty of people. Like, it, it's like it's always known, and like it's usually what people are mad about. It's like ah, they they became like so much more powerful, and they got all these abilities, and like. Cory Koshi has been like, all right, I'm going to give him the abilities before we get to like the end of stuff. Yes. And you're going to see him struggle with using them so that even though he's stronger than all these people, you will at least have actually seen him practice with yeah. these abilities and mm -hmm. learn how fail to with use them. them. Yeah. Right. Failure is but the yeah. biggest one to me. But yeah, go ahead. Keep going. But the other thing is the reason he got Black Whip first is because of all these quirks. All of them have lower skill floors than Black Whip. Oh, sure. Uh, you, you can just, like, float in one place. All right, cool. That's basically the equivalent of, like, him just activating full of cowling. That's why, like, when he wasn't using Fajin, but he was using Float, Black Whip, and Smoke, it wasn't an issue because Smoke is just, you know, just let yeah. full cowling be on and let it roll off your body. Right. Uh, float is, you know, staying in there. So, like, when he's doing, like, pinpoint Black Whip, that's that shape manipulation, that same, you know, spreading one for all throughout your body, but he, now he's, like, learned to spread it at a distance already. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's been, like, distributing that energy through the air, essentially. So it's like he practiced Black Whip, and that foundation builds on all these other ones yes. which is like then when you think about it fa jin takes you back to like the original way he was using one for all to a certain degree where he was you know like going like five percent smash in my right hand yeah yeah and now he's like if i throw like six jabs i can throw like a 100 percent, like a fake 100 percent smash mm -hmm. which might actually be how he took out uh muscular because you know you had that that little streak when he like took him out during the fight and we didn't talk about it but mm -hmm. that's also because you know that hadn't been revealed yet like how Fajin works mm -hmm. we just saw like one shot muscular ah nice that could likely. be a retroactive explanation for the conclusion of that fight yeah absolutely that's yeah. tight yeah that's and super tight it also makes it where like Deku using black with centrifugal force like this Fajin thing this is way better in my opinion than him actually just getting 100% right mm -hmm. Because now he still has to move around. He still has to, like, there's, like, a wind-up to it. There's build-ups. Yep. 
Yep. So that it gives more openings for his opponents to respond. Absolutely. Right. I, and I love the um, the art on on the six seven double spread of the foe one hundred percent or whatever. Yeah. Um, where the first panel, the top panel, I love like seeing like the raindrops like, you know, solid in time, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just one frame, and then like boom, right in there, like yes. oh man, Fire. so good. Fire. The bullet like literally right in front of his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still beats it like that. Yep. shit. So yep. gas, and the way that it's shown from the top panel to the bottom panel. Mm-hmm. It's just like something that I feel like hits so much harder in this medium, right? Yes. Because like in, yes. in the in the anime, you know what I mean? Like this will probably look great or whatever. But as far as it just being super still and then time going back to normal underneath it, showing that right. in like one frame to the next frame in the way that the manga medium can, I feel like makes it a little bit more impactful potentially mm-hmm. than when we'll see it in the anime. Who knows? But I just right. love, I just love what the manga medium can do visually. Yes. Yeah. The other cool thing about think... the the bottom panel is the streaking on Deku's face. Mm-hmm. If you look back to the previous chapters, especially like the one before this one, there's actually multiple panels where it's like a little small, but his face streaks the same way, oh. and it's him basically using the Fajin in those scenarios too. Oh, mm-hmm. word, word. so there's like random like so when she's freaking out like oh like when she goes to aim at overhaul in the first place and she's freaking out about speed yeah. you can actually see Deku's face streak at a certain point during that interaction yeah nice Hell nice yeah. eagle I think you were trying the to anime say is going to do this beautifully though though mm. he's going to be like yelling and then it's just going to be like like a slow uh, a slow yeah. the bullet's going to be right there yeah it's going to be like yeah yeah like yeah that would be tight that, that i, I can see it for sure mm-hmm. oh yeah i oh, like that we get um oh, yeah, more about uh lady nagant or whatever like in in the beginning of the chapter like her beefing up the rifle and and i did even love yes. the um the internal you know monologue of like this puts me at risk of jamming you know but mm-hmm. i gotta up my shot velocity right i love that shit. yes the thing i love the most is on page three we get mm-hmm. a great angle of her using the technique where yes. we've known we've known for some chapters now that she's you know the, the rifle's coming out of her shoulder her elbow rather yeah. um but it's like okay but how do you put a bullet into the gun and she's literally doing that in that panel yeah. she's, she has a bullet in her left hand and she's passing it to her right hand yeah and, and it, with the she, hands is gonna like close around the bullet and like it's something. in the gun you know yeah. quote unquote i love that it looks so it looks great okay. yeah fire so cool detail remember when i mentioned the cult stuff and all that other yeah Sure. So, part of the League of Villains and like all this other bases has been bent on like the Om Shinrikyo massive cult did huge terrorist attack in Japan in '95, like injured like 5,000 people, killed like 13 on the day. Mm-hmm. We don't know how many people died overall from extra complications, but they did a lot of uh, weapons deals with like leftover Soviets and like got a lot of weapons from them. They specifically got like a Mosin Nagant rifle, which is oh. where her name comes from, which right. is like the ro- is a Russian rifle. Yep. It's a bolt action rifle, hence why she has to do the feeding yep, right. to her hand. Oh, it's yep, also yeah. why last week, if you look back at like page 13 or something, if you notice, there's exactly five bullets being used to separate the panels. Oh, and that's wow. because the most Nagant rifle has a five magazine like maximum. Wait, 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 in, wait on, in this chapter? In no. the previous chapter. Oh, shit. So, like, so he's been like here they also uh one of the things they did is made they made it a point to buy an attack helicopter from the russians and that's part of why you have this lady with a sniper rifle that's up par with like actual military vehicle guns yeah but she also was given airwalk 
And then if you remember, that's why, like, it's, like, high, like, uh, mobile, like, high power cannon or whatever is, like, the name of the chapter. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. another play on that, like, that she's basically an allusion to old war dealings or... That's tight. Yeah, I remember Eagle um, yeah. pointed out in the first chapter that we got Nagant that the rifle was an old World War Two like, Russian bolt-action mm-hmm. rifle. I remember mm-hmm. And what, what lends even more to, like, just the story behind the rifle and shit is that there's a, you know, World War Two story about a really famous female sniper who like put in a lot of work with the most in the gun type shit oh shit i thought you were gonna i thought you were gonna bring up fucking samo hayaha the white death the japanese sniper that fucking killed like a hundred people in like one session on a perch or something <laughs> i can't remember his whole history Damn. but sure but uh that's where i thought you were going with that but i don't even remember what time period that dude's from off the top of my head but right right but now i kind of want to like look into do you got a name for that female sniper I mean, not off the top of my head. And we can, she was Japanese? You know, talk no. About it later. no, it was oh, Russian. Russian. I'm just gonna... Anyway, back to the chapter. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> so, um, one thing I want to know is how'd you guys feel about her finally getting that handshake she wanted? Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> nice one. I didn't catch that one. That's oh, very shit. good. Yeah, I really nice. like that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Oh, wow. Like, page 13 like, page 13 like right as as deku is reaching out to save her to grab her hand or whatever like her bloody hand mm-hmm. she's yeah. doing the handshake that she would have with a bloody hand as she was from her perspective with the little kids oh, last yeah. chapter. oh man yeah. uh yeah nice thank you that's actually that that's actually the thumbnail is is um i've already made it it's that oh, nice. it's that panel from last week of her <gasps> with the handout, and then right next to it is this panel of the oh, hand connection. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, I, I did not. Ca- I did, didn't pick up on that. That's yeah. very awesome. Thank yeah, you. it's so sick. Like, well, the other thing though is, at the end of the chapter, did you notice that it looks like her face is uh, just gone? Yeah, dude. I can't believe uh, all for one blew her up, bro. And it's just stark black in the face. Yeah, like that, that could imply not that it's gone, but that it's so disfigured you can't draw it. You know oh, what I mean? Sure, like um, sure. kind of a censorship, uh, self censorship to prevent gore. But I, I I agree. Like the bomb came out of her face, right? Like on page fifteen, <laughs> yeah. cracks in her face. That's yeah. where it kind of started. It could not be there. It could just be gone. Yeah, yeah. reminded me of the boys. Oh fuck! Oh yeah, <laughs> motherfuckers just getting their heads exploded randomly. By old girl. Oh man. Oh man. That okay. The season two, like finished, especially. I was like, oh <laughs> yeah. So that's what it is. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, no. Okay. Spoilers for the boys. Obviously, we've already. Lyudmila. Lyudmila Pavlichenko. Oh, so you did look it up. Is the oh. name of the female sniper, famous for the story of, in battle, a comrade died next to her and handed as he is dying her. His most in the gun model, eighteen ninety one bolt action rifle, and then she picked it up and shot her first two enemies with it. Fuck yeah! Yo, and uh, nice. she is actually a very famous sniper who was credited with three hundred and nine confirmed kills in World War Two, making her the most successful female sniper in recorded history. Damn. Oh, nicknamed, nicknamed Lady Death for her. <gasps> oh yeah. Oh, okay. Oh Full yeah. Circle. Yep, Full circle. Yep, okay. Yep. Incredible. Damn. Yep. Leading the gun. Boom. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, so um, in terms of the um, the explosion of all for one, right? Something I let me let me know your opinion on this, right? But on the last page, where um, all for one says, 
to the very end you were just a tool to be used curse your blessing of a quirk if you must do you think he this um failure clause um that he put into her did he take her quirk and super overcharge it because her quirk makes bullets you know what i mean and a gun so it makes explosion explosions and did he use her quirk to blow her up oh he said said, curse your blessing of a quirk i think um i think that when when he when i read that dialogue curse your blessing of a quirk if you must i think it was because you were born with such a tight quirk that i wanted you in the first place because of it Though you mm. were selected by me because your quirk is so tight. And I oh. put this failure clause in in case you went soft. Mm-hmm. So, like, you basically had to die right now because your quirk was so awesome. Because sure. I was probably always going to blow you up, maybe. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And then also, is, right before that, he says, to the to the very end, you were just a tool to be used. Right. Curse your blessing of a quirk if you want. Because sure. she had a cold-ass quirk for, like, assassination. Everybody just used her as a tool. Right. You, know? you also got to factor in something important. The original translation for quirk isn't quirk. Mm. It's individuality. I think ah. I remember that actually. So it's curse your blessing of an individuality. Hmm. Okay. So like anytime, like sometimes when you have these lines, it's important to like every now and then just swap that in. Okay. Because That's he's basically right. saying like the thing that makes you you is the thing you need to resent most. Sure, sure. Gotcha. Mm. Mm-hmm. And to us, like you mentioned, though, like because she was literally like born a sniper rifle, she was, and like that's what they said, she was basically a rifle in human form. Even yeah. that verbiage kind of lends towards the idea of her just being a tool. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, but what I did like is that as soon as we started getting any explanations on her, I was like, oh, yeah, she's disillusioned. She's not actually an evil person. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't expect her to like keep riding for AFO. And it wouldn't even have made sense for her to, because like the same reasons that she had doubts are the same reasons why she was even willing to do what she was willing to do for the Hero Commission in the first place, which mm-hmm. is that she did want society to be better. It's just right. that she was willing to try their way because they got her when she was a young kid and like convinced her that that was going to be like an ideal way to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, God damn. Overhaul. Yeah. Overhaul. So, I'm looking at this as he probably wants to try to negotiate, like, he's he's been introduced here specifically to try to negotiate with Deku for something, mm-hmm. whether it's, have can you please have Ares save the boss, that's all that matters, and Deku, because, mm-hmm. like, Deku was, like, I know it's Uchisaki, which is something that even she was like, wait, he recognized who that was and still saves him, and, like, broke my arm. Yeah. All right, so it's like he's gonna talk to him. He fully intends to talk to him. Yep. And I already, and I think he's especially gonna be willing to hear him if Nagant dies, because one of the things that I kind of thought like Deku had to experience as another thing to set him apart from All Might is that they directly tell you nobody's ever died if like All Might was there. Like, right. If Nagant dies here, she died basically in his hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, that's how you get that confronting failure really, really hard, like, point blank in the moment. You were right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, moment for Deku. Oh, shit. Yeah, Dude. that makes it, that makes it, that, yeah, Nagant's dead. She's out of here. Especially since she said on page four, 
um, or starting on page three, she says, your hero education taught you to hate one thing above all else, no matter who the victim is. If your own screw up gets him killed, that'll really keep you up at night. Wouldn't it be poetic in a sad way if she says that phrase and then dies because Deku couldn't save her? Yeah, she was meaning it for Chisaki. Right, but it came to her. But it came to her. Oh, fuck. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead as fuck, bro. Oh, no. The other thing is that if you remember what Gran Torino said, which is that, like, killing is another form of saving people. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Ultimately, Nagant killed the president of the Hero Commission. So there's no saving her in the eyes of the public. Right. If they like reestablish society, she's still gonna, they're still going to want her back in prison. They're still going to be like, well, you killed the president of the Hero Commission. That's still a really big deal. Right. That right. might even be worse to most people than her killing a hero. Right. So it's like, in that way, that life has been ruined. So she can't go back to being a hero. She doesn't actually really want to be or belong in the world of villains. So there's no place for her in this world. She's hit the point of being like obsolete. That's Nobody really even knows about that, though, right? Like they covered that up. They she was only in prison know... for that. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. she's a she's a well documented escaped Tartarus prisoner. That's right. 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 So, so they'll, like, they'll ask I mean, why. As far, you as, the, as, far as the public, though, nobody knows she was in there or why. I, no, I, I agree with no, no. here. Like, it, it, you, she she can't reintegrate into society because everyone knows she escaped from Tartarus. There's going to be reporters being like, but why were you in Tartarus in the first place? And it's going to come up. Like, they, they can't hide it forever. True. Well, no, if you remember, Deku even said, you killed a hero. So there was already a story, at least. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like, the only story to clear her name is to tell them an even worse story of, I killed the president <laughs> of a government agency. Right, 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 right. So she's like, yeah, so like she's just like kind of screwed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's no place for her in this world. Which is also kind of fitting because the most in the Gaunt rifle is kind of phased out now. Damn, too much full circling. And so then, like, Deku in this case, kind of to piggyback off what you're saying, Aniki, like, he saved her. But just her, you know, she, he saved her thought of being a hero, right? She, she did, at the end, um, decide, like, yeah, like, maybe I should be good, right? Yeah. Saved her soul in, in a way, right? Like, you know, she's self-pure now she's dead she's not saved in the objective you know continuing to live sense yeah. but her soul as a hero was saved yeah yeah going back into like the only way it could be going back into like the title you know um of the chapter platitudes. i think is platitudes right and, mm-hmm. and we and yeah. we always like see you know this kind of character um stain um shigaraki nagan mm-hmm. they all you know are sick of these platitudes of these played out these trite moral you know statements that everyone wants to make because that's the way that people think that the world should be but characters like nagant and stain and shigaraki know that people have no idea how to bring the world to this to the point that they want and whatever kind of society that they've kind of established so far that is kind of you know um kind of uh creating this 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 outlook or this um this view of the world in this moral light is not working. They know that it's not. They know that people have no idea how to achieve the goals that they want and they're tired of people fucking talking about it. And that is like goes into a lot of the motivations that we see inside of Stain Shigaraki and Lady Nagant. But then as soon as you have this real confrontation with Izuku Midoriya where these ideals clash, Midoriya is always going to win out and is going to kind of um liberate them from that feeling of 
we like like the wheels are spinning in society and that we don't know where right. we, we know what we want but we don't know how to get there and in the meantime things are shitty and people are ignoring it because there's this veil over society that heroes are keeping things in check well they're really not that's apparent not just to these villains that have been talking about it from the beginning of the series but now it's apparent to society at large mm -hmm. and even more so to the audience that has been reading this story for so long so it's great to see that midoriya can break through that outlook that Nagant and Stain and Shigaraki to a certain degree kind of um, hold because now it's going to make these moments feel better when Midoriya does get through to Shigaraki or Midoriya does get through to Chisaki. We see what happens when the ideals clash and it actually works because Nagant right here is like Izuku Midoriya after all of these things that have been written into my characterization and into my internal monologues and into my development is now shattering because I've met a real hero who actually knows what he wants for the future of society and can actually bring us to the point that all of these platitudes are being spoken for in the first place. And that is a very, um, this panel where her face is kind of like cracking could be potential symbolism into the liberation of her soul, like you were saying, mm -hmm. you know, um, Nick. Yeah, obviously she blows up right after that, but it seems like she's coming out of a shell, you know? To, yeah, it's like, oh. you know, you see it like, it's kind of like bursting forth as it like cracks open and mm -hmm. she's genuinely like happy looking at least, it's just, yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. Of course, off one looks happier, but. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Whew. Holy what shit, man. What a fucking chapter. Yeah. 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 And combat wise, the court. So, have you guys had the conversation about the real reason why Deku's choreography has gone up? Mm -mm. I haven't it's even thought because, about it. Because Horikoshi doesn't give you anything that you haven't earned even if you're the main character. Ooh. So if you think about it, like there's a lot of like cool choreography paneling tricks that you see in fights with like Endeavor that you don't see with Deku until like way later in the series. Oh. And it's like, could he, was he like Horikoshi not able to do that? But then it's like, no, like if you, especially like if you see some of like the crazier spreads and like some of the bigger, it's like, no, he can do crazy art. We know he can do it. Right. So why, and it's like, no, they literally weren't good enough for the good, like the, the best art. Yeah. <laughs> So they didn't yeah. get it. That's <laughs> that's a really cool thought, bro. That's fantastic. Yeah. So Holy now, like Deku's been training, and like that's the other reason why I like him having black lips since January. It's April, mm -hmm. so him doing some of these movements isn't as crazy. And when you think about it, like smoke screen, float, all these things, just standing still, or how to hit niggas hard. Right. <laughs> black whip was the one that actually needed some thought and practice and Hell like yeah. real used to. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, it feels really good. And you're right, man. The fucking choreography has been turning the fuck up since that mm -hmm. little, um, I mean, shit, since the fucking start of Paranormal Liberation Front War, I want to say. Yeah. We've been getting like, all-star choreography in My Hero Academia. It was like they spent three months with Endeavor. They've been in yeah. school for like a year. Yeah. These kids can actually like fight for real, for real. Yeah. Even though people don't talk enough about how Kaminari can like sort of fly. But whatever. <laughs> like, because <laughs> that was definitely a thing that happened. Yeah. Holy shit. Shit. Yeah. I think that about does it for my hero. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think I'm good. Yep. Oh, with that, I think we can go ahead and get into the piece daily's stones. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Chapter 1015 of One Piece. Wah. Wah. <laughs> Chains. Senior Pink. Senior Pink. Woo. I haven't seen him in a I would have thought this, this was funnier if the fucking stork was like struggling hard as fuck. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that beak like, don't ah. look like it's. <laughs> 
I don't know how that beak is. That's a hard boiled stork. I mean, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Right. Hell yeah. Gotta be. (laughs) So good. Yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah. But this chapter was absolutely fantastic. Dude, this chapter. Oh my God, bro. Starts with Luffy drowning. Right into, uh, (laughs) yeah, starts with Luffy drowning. You know what I'm saying? Right into the chopper bit, which chopper's talking some dumb shit. Like, you should know better. Yeah, for real. He's the youngest, though. He's the yeah. youngest. Yeah. You know, he's a young blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is his first war? <laughs> yeah, I True. suppose. Yeah. I suppose. And, it's a lot going know, on for him. Chopper might be objectively high tier in his verse, but, like, <laughs> when you kick it with the monster trio, which mm-hmm. I feel like nobody will complain about me saying the monster trio yeah. after this chapter. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you you probably not going to feel like you're strong anyway, so. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. sure. And this is always, like, I mean, you could, you could say, like, Chopper should know better by now, but, I mean, it does feel very Chopper for him to... Mm-hmm. to doubt himself and, and just the situation in general whenever yeah. the fire turns up, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so it doesn't doesn't feel too bad there but i love mm-hmm. and and plus you, you just need sanji to be the the the, the morale you know booster yeah. the reinforcement yep. you know like he, sanji he comes in with yes. no way he really cast. did smack a motherfucker with zoro bro i'm screaming that was so funny in jd legends live reaction <laughs> i'm sorry did you see that the the edit somebody did where they had sanji swinging zoro at whitebeard and that the the, the conquerors clash oh, Yo. oh <laughs> shit fantastic <laughs> i need to see oh, that man. someone send that to me to anyone that. in the audience if you want to if you want to yeah mm-hmm. We get uh, Sanji coming in with the Diabrajimba. God, I love whenever he does ass. this. Whenever he comes in to save someone with Diablo Jumble, it's like the most. The, the music, you ever. can hear it. The, yeah, the trumpets. Come on, the, man. The beat, the, all of it. Yeah. Hits Queen with a rotisserie strike on his ass. So this is a new move, right? Yeah, we haven't seen this. This is tight. I, I mean, I don't know. I like to think. It's specifically related to this related to this instance. Right. I don't know where right. he like spins yeah. Queen's head around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just keeps hitting it around and around and around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was great. So this okay, this is one of those like really like the the cool thing about this is this this is kind of like an example of like raw stats versus actually being a good fighter. Yes. Mm. Because and this is a conversation that a lot of people like when we talk about like what it means to be like the strongest. A lot of Kaido's crew seems to me to be stemming from the I have a lot of brute force. Right. Raw stats, yeah. Like, yeah. like this But because like Sanji like kicking him around like this, like you would think he'd be able to like like a fight back. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like he uses him to like one shot Paro Sparrow in the background and it's like Yeah. All right, Sanji's like seems to be like better than him. It's just yeah. gonna be a matter of He's just gonna have to hit him a lot. Yeah, like, sure, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, but Sanji, man, I don't know, man. Sanji's hooping right now. I think it's, I think it's more for because he does block the arrows too. Yeah, you know what I mean. So with I feel queen. like, it, yeah, with Queen, right? Yeah, with yeah. Queen, <laughs> with, with, with Queen, which is just fucking, uh, which is just hilarious. But I feel like, um, I feel like there could be some more strategic depth to their fight than just 
you know, hitting each other really hard until one of them falls. I think that mm -hmm. what we're seeing right now, one. yeah, I think I think that what we're seeing right now is literally just for the moment of the chaos happening. It's like you have mm -hmm. arrows raining down. Sanji needs to come in and and have you know a triumphant or a triumphant you know showing against Queen right now. So like, let's just kill a whole bunch of birds with one stone by creating this situation. But then when it comes down to brass taxes and they actually square up, I'm sure that we could see a bunch of. You know whatever that's just like kind of like comes with sanji's fights almost you get a i feel like you get a little bit more strategic dialogue and like what he wants to do and who he's doing it to in sanji fights generally so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah my thing is more of where i say like i think sanji's gonna get those big shots but it's not gonna be like oh sanji's not hurting this man it's oh like, mm -hmm. oh okay. like he's gonna be stuck like Okay. Yeah. Like like power level. He's like he's got the like what it takes. It's just like yeah. Queen is like all these dinosaurs are giant like yep. meat slabs that yeah. just like well, he's really good at cooking meat. <laughs> like, so it's like you're, you're gonna be able to like get through their defense every now and then, but you're gonna still have to like really really work. So it's gonna like I expect this to be like a drawn out thing, and that that's what's gonna allow us to see like Queen pull out like. Oh, like, well, I'll try this gun or I'll try this thing. Sure. Right. It's going to be like, well, Sanji's able to beat his ass, sure, but yeah. like, he's got all these weapons and all this HP to like, yeah, figure what's, something out. What's really interesting to me um, for Queen when you think about his physiology is mm -hmm. um, it's like you're mechanical in mm -hmm. these areas yeah. that we've seen in your full Zoan animal form. How does this translate to hybrid form? Is it like you could assume he's probably still going to have, you know, the vertebrae like segments or whatever of his neck, even in hybrid form. But I mean, mm -hmm. like, does he have different? Is it like a transformer where the form you're in, like dictates like what kind of cyborg moves you'll be able to use? You sure. know what I mean? Because it's like you'd think that because it's like built in plating that like it shouldn't be able to move around with like the anthropomorphic shape-shifting that you kind of do as a zoan generally you know right. what i mean so it's like it makes me like wonder like how that's going to be shown by oda i guess <laughs> and so and i think what we're kind of confirming is you know how like when like logia transformed their clothes transform with them yep yeah. yep i yeah. think like if you integrate something into a zoan's body then it starts being able to like shape and change with them yo right. i like that I, I was literally going to say the same thing, and, and it's interesting because in the past it's only been clothes, as you said, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, when Chopper gets bigger, he's still wearing pants, you know what I mean? And it's like, and Oda has said before that it's just that he doesn't want to draw, say, Chopper busted out of his pants and he's naked, right? Like, right. he doesn't want yeah. to draw that, so he doesn't have to. But this is a time where that's crossing over from aesthetics yes. into battle prowess, you know what yes. I mean? Like, if Queen has this, this metal vertebrae in his neck in hybrid form, like, that's that means he's more capable in battle that's yeah. totally different than just pants and not yeah. pants you know what i mean right exactly yeah i also want to point out that like sanji's raid suit is an exoskeleton and basically we got an endoskeleton here like, oh the... nice 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 um going oh, yeah. forward a little bit uh in terms of like this chopper conversation we were having earlier right yeah in this chapter i feel like there was like several times where like my breath was taken away right i'm just like this is peak oda writing in, in my opinion right oh, yeah. where like top mm -hmm. page eight you know what i mean don't cry chopper you know after all this time we've been together how many miracles have you seen when i saw when i saw when i read that i was like yeah. oh my god yeah chills. i oh, teared up with chopper I, like yep, me and yep. chopper had a tear yes. at the exact same time as i'm looking at the page and i can't That's wait perfect. to hear sanji's 
voice actors say that to him yeah with whatever mm-hmm. OST is going on in the background, whatever other ambiance the yeah. is going to bring. I feel like scene. everything is going to like all the all the surrounding audio is going to drop for a second, and it's just going to you'll just hear him saying that maybe to a low low OST in the yeah. background. Yeah, yeah, low OST. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, like, like it's going to be swords clinking, going crazy, da 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 da, a bunch of noise, and it's all just going to like die down. Yes, OST playing. He's like, don't cry. What are you and I think it's really cool that we get to see like Lee or Sanji. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. we know that, like, basically, it's like when they go to Zoe, it's like, Sanji, you're in charge of the group. Boom. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, we know that Sanji is fully capable of being a leader. And it makes sense. He's obviously intelligent enough to be a leader. But, like, want, like Whole Cake focused more on, like, his cooking side and, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, running a kitchen. And it's like, we didn't get to see right, that. Like, now we're getting to see that applied to a war. Like, that same ability to, like, hey, keep this going together. We're going to maintain this flow of energy and like see that on display in a serious setting because we've gotten a lot of goofy sanji even like during this yeah like during the raid we've got some goofy sanji where it's like man are you gonna get your yeah you gonna get your your ones yeah 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 i I like what you're saying though that is really cool i didn't really think about that because yeah in whole cake island as he's preparing the cake you see him running that kitchen as like a you know master lead chef would in a restaurant you know what i mean and he can apply that same level of leadership and that same, you know, understanding of um, management in in a in a stressful setting and apply that to war tactics. That's so tight yeah. mm-hmm. to think about. Love that. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I thought it was funny as hell when he uh, kicks Zoro and he's like, "Take care of him. He's strong as ten people when he's healthy." And Zoro wakes up for that, <laughs> even though he didn't yeah. wake up as he was being used as a bludgeon. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. He fucking two thousand. Get out of here. <laughs> Armament is a specialty, bro. Like he sleep hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. for real. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Zoro's gonna get patched up. Got Chopper here, expediting his return to the fight. It'll be dope. And we know that Marco's been fighting King, so it's kind of yeah. like they're both gonna be kind of injured from having dealt with. And like, let's be because like Marco was fighting King and Queen, so like, right. mm-hmm. yeah, if, if he's ah, fighting Marco ah, one going? for a while, yeah. he's gonna, yeah, he's at a disadvantage. It, it wouldn't make sense for anything else to be the situation because yeah. I do think Marco goes to the rooftop, sure. Because cool. I think you know, like the pheasant, the tiger, I think we're gonna get the confirmation that Yamato is the tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so, shit, there goes Tiger Man. Yeah, and then uh, the monkey will be Monkey D. Luffy, of course, coming yeah. back in. And then yeah. Momo is likely to get up there eventually, too. So mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. so that's how I see that. So we got, like, what we need to get all these pieces that in place. That does really yeah. complete the whole journey to the West juxtaposition, for real. Like, if yeah. that all happens, that is, that's... Yeah, that's tight. And and and, and uh, the biggest point for me with, with what Anaki said is that Zoro is going to be patched up to, you know, a fighting level, but not 100%, obviously. He still is dealing with the damage of this of this confrontation. He's just back at a level to where he can continue to fight. And King, you know what I mean, has been getting his ass whooped by Marco this whole time. So that's going to bring them down to, like, a stamina and damage level, you know, on par with each other so that scaling-wise, things can still feel good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's fucking sick. I like that. Yeah. And we get, you know, we, we, we can we, we we can kind of skip towards the conversation at the end because now sure. while we're talking about scaling, yeah, and height, use this kid in law. 
<laughs> First big mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm a huge law fan. Fuck yeah. I, I've been I've enjoyed kids' time on screen. If I'm mm-hmm. honest, like all like the kids stuff, I've been like, yeah. we got hyper aggressive, like you know, another like version of Luffy. Like I'm digging the energy, yeah. and I'm like, ah, a spiritual return to Sabodi. One of yes. like, my favorite like yeah, yes. arcs in the entire series. My favorite arc personally is, Sh- is so, Shibodi, Yeah, and I'm just thinking about like that scene where you remember like kid thinks he's finished the. Pass a feast off, and then Law just ends up pow, right in the heart. Yes, <laughs> like ah, we got time for it. Yeah, dude. You got law, kid yeah. Team like against the Yoko. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so hyped so for the Law and Kid team up, bro. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's gonna be so drastic, fam. Fuck for yeah. sure. Because like already inside of their the little skirmish that we've seen, or smaller, you know, skirmish comparatively to probably what's coming. But when they were up on the rooftop. And um, we got the interactions with Law and Kid in regard to them using their devil fruits to force, you know, Big Mom off kilter and get her off of the rooftop. That was really cool, like, technical application of devil fruits. Like, you, like by and large, in One Piece, a lot of it is just, here's my attack, here's your attack, and it kind of clashes and we beat each other up, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of other really good storytelling that happens around it, so it's not, you know, that big of a deal most of the time. But, like, inside of, like kid and law versus big mom like there was a lot more like technical you know like mechanical mm-hmm. like shit going on than i'm used to seeing in one piece yes. and like now that it's actually going to like be a dedicated confrontation over here with these two together it's like yo what is that gonna look like because big mob isn't someone you can just hit <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. it can't be that kind of fight like they have to get really creative if they want to beat her up and like this and is like a really creative duo. I'm so excited for it. You kind of got to flee the room. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other. So like, like because Law's not gonna be able to like. All right, I, I'm just not gonna use a room because I'm like people have to leave. So like now there's like this whole amount of like splash damage that is like coming into play here, where yeah. it's like a lot of the fodder. Like even if it's like if it's like oh yeah like they have a like ten k like person lead it's like yeah it doesn't matter because all fifteen k of us can't go in this room mm. yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> or we die or whatever mm. so like that's kind of like weird that like it's actually creating a stage where a lot of the small fry actually along with like the citizens of Wano are just gonna have to kind of sit and watch yeah yeah because otherwise you're gonna get caught in the wake yeah. <laughs> Hulk physics. <laughs> Wait, can we go back a little bit and talk about Kinemon and Kaido? What yeah, we need to talk about Kinemon shit. shit. Oh my god, I can't believe Oda did that. Plunges a fucking sword through Kinemon's chest. Kinemon is out of there. Yeah. I, I'm like sitting here like, yeah, Oda did that. Yeah. Oda did that. Oda, Oda did really that. did that. And it was already it was so like, drastic great... last chapter because he fucking bashes him. In, and that the, 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 the perspective on that panel was so crazy looking. And you're like, well, it's still kind of ambiguous. You know how Oda be. And then, but no, he's literally twitching on the ground, not saying yeah. any words before fucking yep. this motherfucker stabs him through and through. Like that's mm-hmm. so ruthless for One Piece. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, yeah, and I'm and like, it's just a, it's a great swan song for Kingamon, right? Just like yeah. you get his little flashback right before it happens, and his la in his last moment, he just wants to, even if just for another second, like ensure Momonosuke's escape and safety. Yep, it's just 
shows his devotion and determination as a follower, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the end. Very oh. end. It's crazy. To the bitter and end. And seeing how like his dedication and loyalty made it where it was even hard for him to pretend like he was Momonosuke's father. Because yeah. But like great little flashback, definitely. Yeah, dude, that was that was very I really like that. Yeah. Oda knows, man. And Oda, great man. dialogue from Kaido as it happens, you know. Yes. Face your death like a warrior. The problem Ooh. with defeat is so few can accept it when it arrives. Ooh. Man, wait. Yeah. And like Kaido obviously is a character who like I feel is he strives for defeat in a way. Yeah. Like he's yeah. he wants to find somebody who can defeat him straight the fuck up and honorably. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I wonder if he'll fold when it actually does come. Yep. I was thinking the same thing. That's something I've seen people bring up online, actually. They were like, Kaido talks all this shit. Now he wants to be like hard. And then like the second Luffy hits him in the face, he's sitting here like having PTSD episodes thinking about his top five. <laughs> and they're like, that's, that's the, and I'm like, I don't know if that's a complete contradiction though, because like, to me, it's like, whoa, hold up. Yeah. An ass whooping like that. I feel right. like um, I I pulled up the the scanlation for the chapter just because I want to compare. I wanted to do a side by side comparison of Kaido's dialogue to Kinemon as he mm. walks away. And the I feel like he what he says is is a little bit more disrespectful in the scan because in the in the viz he's like face your death like a warrior. The problem with defeat is so few can accept it when it arrives. The scan says it's not easy, but sometimes you have to accept defeat. Embrace your honorable death like a true samurai. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. it's basically the same thing, but like it just with the word samurai thrown in there, it's almost like it's like, why are you, you know, you're not one. You know what I mean? Is almost like kind of what he seems yeah, to almost like be implying. Yeah. Class. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But that was just a cool I just wanted to I just remembered I'm like looking at the dialogue on Viz and I was like, what did it say in the scan? So I pulled sure, it up. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, I will say that like it that is worth acknowledging though because Kenimon technically isn't a samurai like when you look at oh, sure. where they come from right oh so like the whole idea of him actually being willing to sit there and just die yeah is not nah, like he was a scrapper but he was a gangster before he was a samurai yeah and sure. then and then through his street. retainership you know for I don't even know if retainership is a word, but through his his uh, time as a retainer for for Odin, he probably really did feel like a real samurai during that time because he had a master. They were in an established like territory. They were mm-hmm. running things like you know legally and whatever and blah 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 blah. Everything was cool and he was and he's coming from humble beginnings like rags to riches in that way. And now Kaido in the scan dialogue is using words like true samurai and like almost like implying that he's not that you know what i mean like take your take your take your death you know honorably you know like a like a samurai aren't you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like and he's like walking Mm -hmm. away like with that notion and it's like could just thinking about how he was not a traditional samurai and going into like a faux samurai setting under odin and then getting Mm -hmm. this dialogue and thinking about it all together like that makes it feel like a lot cooler to me now Mm -hmm. yeah and goddamn, this, <laughs> this, uh, you know, what Momo was saying, you know, yeah. to, to the whole of uh, Onigashima, this shit had me on the edge of my seat, like chills, like, oh man, like, 
Yes. You okay. wait for it, you know what I mean? Like, if he just hypes everyone up. Yes. Luffy's voice is who he was hearing, the voice of all things. Yes, yes. Last chapter, when he's like, ah, what is this? You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. that was he was hearing Luffy. Um, fucking so, awesome. And yeah. cool that Luffy puts it together to, like, speak like, with how soul. can he yeah, yeah how can he speak with the voice of all things now i don't right. think it's i don't think it's that to momo i don't i don't uh, i don't think it's specifically to momo but he knows that momo can hear it on right. a very so, large scale so he just says it right yeah that momo will hear i think it. it's a conqueror's hockey thing it could be a conqueror's hockey thing too. because there's something that i want to like because if you remember the part of the logic behind luffy being able to adapt to future sight was that he was able to empathize with Katakuri because, you know, you get the Rayleigh flashback and he's like, it depends on the kind of person and it's about, like, his emotional connections. So in turn, you know, the biggest manifestations or, like, the first manifestations we see of his Conqueror's Hockey are, like, the big explosions of it when it just knocks people out. And you juxtapose that with Kaido suggesting that Zoro has Conqueror's Hockey and how maybe that... Like, the idea of manifesting your will in a certain degree, like, the manifesting of the three heads is the manifestation of the three swords style itself. Like, it embodies Zoro, so it's, like, his very will as a sword's been manifested, you know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. So, like, in that way, because of, you could argue that Luffy's emotional resonance has now allowed him to, like, convey what he feels and thinks to people. In the same blast the, radius as, like, his conqueror's yeah. hockey waves that knock right. people out? right. Oh shit, that's really cool, dude. I don't know the way that yeah. I, I feel like I like that the most. Like the you're staring at me, he's still staring at me. So it's like at the end of the day, Luffy's will as a king is still I'm a conquerist territory, you a bitch ass nigga, Kaido. Yeah. I'm, I'm sleeping on myself because I'm the hardest nigga. I'm a come at you, bro. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Like that's just the move. Yeah. So like yeah. that's what it is, and that's what it's going to reflect in the spirit. So yeah, I think that's kind of like what's happening here. I really like that. What you said, yeah. I feel like that's a really fucking cool idea. The only, I, the way that I kind of took it was that like, because doesn't Luffy know that Momonosuke can also hear the voice of all things? <laughs> yeah. So he knows that, and we know he knows that. So like, I would the way that I kind of took it was just that Luffy is trying to communicate to someone that he's not out of the fight yet. But he's underwater and can't speak to anyone and he's not around anyone. But he knows that Momonosuke will hear him if he like just speaks with his soul because he can just hear the voice of all things. So I think he's just like thinking this really loudly and Momonosuke is picking up on it because he can, mm. because he has that same ability to hear it. And even, ever... even if it is like thinking, like yeah. how I took it was that kind of what you were hinting at earlier, Eagle, is that like... Um, Momo and Luffy can both hear the voice of all things. And my first assumption here was that Luffy has figured out how to speak in the voice of all things, right? Now, that could be a Conqueror's Hockey thing. Like, his, like that could be how you do it is through Conqueror's Hockey. Um, but I definitely was, like, assuming it was more of a direct voice of all things communication, mm. not, mm. A, not a simple thought and yeah. not... And by, I didn't even think of the Conqueror's Hockey aspect or whatever, but right. yeah. I do think the voice of all things still plays into being able to do it. Right. But it's the fact that Law's people also could hear it. Because if yes. you remember, they're like, how could he be speaking in the water? Right. So I'm like, that to me is oh, like, so oh, he is speaking just... verbally. That's right. Okay. So he is so actually me, saying. They're so close that like, like they can't help but sense it. Yeah. But you need yeah. the voice of all things to sense it from the range that Momo was picking it up on. Right. Sure. Well, no. yeah. What wouldn't they just? I thought maybe they just picked up the transmission on a, a snail as well. Like they—that is what I was. Another idea I had for that, mm -hmm. like for for the crew of the submarine or whatever. 
Um, it's just that we don't see him holding anything. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Mysterious. Mysterious. Yeah, I, I like what Anaki just said about how he's speaking loud enough for the submarine to pick up the vibrations of someone speaking underwater. So they or they just heard it or whatever. They the, however they detected it, they detected him actually speaking sure. verbally. And then normally no one else would be able to hear because it's so far away and it's underwater and whatever, but Momonosuke can hear the voice of all things and that voice will reach him because he has that ability even though but like it is just his voice just him speaking right and momonosuke yeah, I mean, is just I mean, hearing like, his voice speaking because he has that that hearing yeah right S saying the words verbally and speaking and voice like it's none of those things you know because it's not right. no. audible out of his mouth he's knocked out and it's, it's the his voice mind. Of it's like it's like it's like a thought so wait how do they know that he's speaking because they heard because... it on the radio that Momo said he's talking. Oh, that, that, is one, that is one. That is one explanation one that they heard on the radio. They heard what everyone else is is hearing. That Momo is saying to everyone, "Luffy said X," and they're okay. being like, "Well, what do you mean, Luffy said X? He's okay. underwater." So that's yeah. one explanation. That's good. Or yeah. it could be that Luffy is using the voice of all things, or Conqueror's hockey, or something like that, to convey with his mind his thoughts. And people in the submarine are picking up on that and going like, it's like I hear someone in my head, but he's underwater. So how is he yeah. doing this kind of thing? It's one of those two. Mm, I like the first one but, because I didn't, I didn't think. About I mean, that. yeah, well, because the second one would imply that they can also hear the voice of all things. Right. No, un not un unless Luffy can do a one-way communication, right? Like use the voice as speaking through the voice of all things can put thoughts into other people's minds who wouldn't normally be able to, be able to hear oh, the voice of all things. Oh, sure, sure. Okay, I see what you're and saying. And then if you can hear the voice of all things, you can hear things that people didn't intend to, you know, say. You, to me, it's like you would get better range. Like, because uh, like there was even a, like, it's a weird thing that happened in like a One Piece fill arc, but she basically had a similar ability to like Momo and like oh, Luffy okay. this way back in like the first 100 episodes of One Piece type sure. oh, wow. where wow. she was like picking up on stuff all across like the island and if you remember like Luffy, Zoro, and Sanji had that moment where they were like oh there's like a beast in the castle or like they could detect something way off somewhere in the castle that was giant mm -hmm. and so like we keep having these things of like where people detect things from far off anyway mm -hmm. or like you have people detect something strange up by the head of Zunisha and how it might actually be the whale tree that they were detecting and not just like you know, Zunisha's head, since you're all, like, Zunisha, you should be able to detect all around you, technically. Sure, sure, sure. So, like, you have all these, like, interesting, like, moments of long-range detection, and it even kind of, depending on how much you care about the side novels, there was a mention of Shanks being on a winter island, and when Ace came to visit him, his Conqueror's hockey, combined, like, with his, like, Devil Fruit type, actually made it where the winter island stopped snowing the entire time he was on it. Oh, oh shit. Wow. Holy yeah. shit, that's tight. So it's like because of his spirit, like it just like took over that dominion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that very well, and so that's where like even like if you look at things like Birdcage, that could be like if you think about it, that could be that range is like that's like Dofi's dominion as like a king. Mm -hmm. Oh so sure. Like that. So that's like where he like locks it all down and why he has so much power and like those. Sure. So it's like you need to like equal his strings plus his hockey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was so difficult for so many people to actually like get through the birdcage and stuff like, right. that. like that. Nice. Fuck yeah. We got, uh, we got motherfucking 
Shinobu and Momo falling off the side of Onigashima. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they're both Devil Fruit users. So they're going to need some help. Clouds. So wait, do we know that um, Smile Fruit users can't swim either? Yeah. We know that. Do we know that Momo specifically can't swim, though? Because land, sea, or air. And his fruit is based on Kaido. And they mentioned C for Kaido. I don't. I don't think. I don't know. That'd be that'd be kind of wild if. Yeah. Kaido's devil fruit broke the rules of devil fruits, but whatever. True. True. Um, that would be awkward. Even if it is a fish one, I still don't know that it can. But I, yeah. I don't know that Momo is proficient enough in his shit. Didn't did he? He brought Luffy up with him, didn't he? Yeah, when but it was. First met. Yeah, but it was painful and difficult for him to do. Yeah. You need like coaching from Luffy to even do it or whatever. Yeah. Looking Which at this again, I, I totally forgot that um Shinobu even had a devil fruit or whatever, the Juku 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 no me. Um yeah. so like I feel like she intentionally did this. You know? Like they're they're cornered by Kaido. She uses her ripe ripe fruit, which allows the user to mature and decay inanimate objects. It's as if she tried to make the cliff disintegrate so they'd fall away from him. That's mm. what she did, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I guess when I first read it, I just thought like something randomly happened and like they're falling now. But like, if she did it intentionally, I'm guessing that she's a plan. You know what yeah. I mean? They're not just gonna fall in the ocean and die. And are they falling in the same like I mean, area I of the ocean that Luffy fell oh, into? Because they're over the mainland now. Oh, that's true. That's true. There's also the fact that uh, she could be hoping Momo can make some fire clouds. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Momonosuke can totally fly. Yeah, but. He's like, not good. Like Nick and I were saying he was struggling trying to get Luffy up out of the pit they were in. Oh yeah, yeah. But he can at least save Shinobu is a little fall. bigger. Oh, true. He can <laughs> at least he can at least cushion the fall enough and get that up he's been training because you know he was training his swordsmanship. So right, maybe he's trained a bit with the clouds. Right, and we might get a flashback to his training. You know, yeah. of, but of, with his devil fruit is also a really traumatizing thing for him. So he might not even be able to train up until Kaido's beaten. Ooh. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the clean attacked. Let's yeah. talk about I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking at yeah, I'm looking at the panel and I'm just like, oh boy. Okay. It's Zeus. Yeah, it's awesome. Zeus tacked. How is that? Yeah, let's okay. talk about how. Yeah. My theory is you know how like Zeus is made with Big Mom's soul? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that to a certain degree, uh, because everybody has hockey and like that's a manifestation of your will, it's kind of like your soul too to a certain degree and so the way i look at it is like over time you could argue that because of the affection actual care that nami was putting into him there was like a small bit of her actual will infused into like the like the black clouds and stuff that she was actually like feeding him and so like her will was slowly being infused into zeus too especially as he spent time into the climb attack and then it just shows the one that cares about zeus more right once like Big Mom went to like absorb them all. Like he went like that small shred of bit, like pulled him back in, and like that's what I got for that. Sure, that's that, That's pretty much yeah. that's pretty much the idea I had. Except outside of the hockey thing, I thought that just because Nami shot the black balls out of her shit as it went into Zeus's mouth, as it was eaten by Hera, that mm-hmm. like that just like combination of things somehow was the link or the tether necessary for Zeus's soul to travel back to the clean attack. But tying it into hockey makes it make a lot more sense because 
I was that's pretty much all I had for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't really have much that needs to be touched yeah. on a little more. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I didn't have much explanation. I was, I was just like, this. this is hype. This yeah. is cool. Yeah. I'm I'm ready have... for it. But I was like, oh, I'll wait until later to know why. <laughs> right, for sure. Then we got uh the hype lol last panel, man. Yamato versus Kaido until Luffy gets back. Yes, sir. So ready. Yeah. Devil fruit. I need to see Yamato's devil fruit. So ready. I need to see that saber tooth tiger come out. Oh no, that's fucking who's who. What the fuck? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be the white tiger, like Aniki said. Tiger, yeah. So yeah. a mythical version. Yeah, mythical zone. More than likely, yeah. I'm ready. I'm so fucking ready. And I hope Super it's like ready. I hope it's like on the level, you know, of it, at least until Luffy gets back. I hope it's like a really like drag out. Like I want to see everything Yamato can do. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I want to I mean? see I them like go it. through the forms. Like yeah, yeah. Fighting yeah. the human form for a bit. Yep. Both of you go beast. Yep. Come back down then, to hybrid. Finish it yeah. off, yeah. I feel yeah. like Oda will off-screen a lot of it and just like leave it yeah. up to the anime to kind of like fill in those gaps. Kind of like I just feel like, like there's a like a a classic painting in Japan, like where there's like the dragon curled yes. up, but then you can see like the tiger. Yes. And I feel like there's like no way that Oda doesn't recreate that. Yeah, I love that. I'd oh, love to see that. Yeah, that'll for sure probably be something that happens because if even not, the we'll get a color spread for it. Even the initial like entrance panel to the sea. Are, panel to see around wano was like super similar to that super iconic japanese painting of like the waves hitting the large rock spires and yeah. shit like mm-hmm. yeah we're getting all kinds of imagery like that so yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah, i, I hope we fucking see that in one form or wano has been one giant like love letter to just japanese history and yeah. exactly in general. Yep. like oda's oda's in his bag with this shit for real mm-hmm. for really real what a chapter but i think yeah. uh, i think that about does it yeah mm-hmm. i'm good all right well that is it for one piece and that is it for this episode of the project manga podcast thank you all so much for watching if you did slap a like on the fucking video subscribe to the channel get more content every week comment on the video let us know what you thought if if we fucked up let us know <laughs> other than that make sure you check that description box down below as always where you can find links to all of our individual social media accounts such as twitter online communities like discord Places where you would normally listen to podcasts, you'll find us everywhere. And also ways you can support the podcast through our online shop or Patreon. And thank you again, Aniki, so much for joining us, man. It's so fucking awesome whenever we get to have a guest on this show. And, and you know, we've done things with you in the past, and you're always a good-ass person to talk to. It's good conversations with you, man. So yeah, thanks man. again. Appreciate the invite. Appreciate the chance to be here, man. For yes, real. sir. Yes, sir. Yes. And with that said, this will be another stupendous episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Wrapping up, I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. Nickums. Anaki. Saravada. Saravada.